cannot catch a virus. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? Well, back at it again, boys. Let your mind peel away the mysteries of the world. That's right. I'm talking deep, frazzle drip deep. This is Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies Podcast. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Oh, by the way, my balls is hot. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And welcome to another episode of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Big Country, as always, on the other end of the mic. They call me Carmel Delight. No, no, no. The column, column of the light. <laughs> you call me Boye. I'm over here. That was uh, <laughs> it's like a Mentos commercial almost. <laughs> Five gum. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Chris, Chris, unfortunately, he's uh, he's out doing his Superman thing, protecting the world, protecting yeah. the country, top flight security of the world. So. <laughs> <laughs> Prestige worldwide. <laughs> No, he he was he was in the episode uh, earlier for a quick through bit. chat though. He's dropping some some questions yeah. in there for our guest that we had on. And boy, do we have a doozy of an episode for you all tonight! So much fun, so much Man. fun. Rob from McDojo Life. That's right, I said it. I, I McDojo I, Life. I feel like everybody knows who he is already. Uh, if you don't, what yeah, an idiot. What an idiot you are. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what, what rock are you living under, you stupid idiot? God, what kind of fucking parents raised you? Um, oh my god, a lot of fun, dude. A lot of fun, so much fun. I, and to be uh, honest, I can't, you know, I can't gonna... believe he even agreed to this. Like, fuck. Yeah, that was pretty wild, man. <laughs> really cool. Uh, super cool guy. Yeah, so many interesting things to talk about. And and to be honest, like I, I really thought it was going to be more like on the surface of exposing fraudulent gyms and instructors and then he's oh, like got deep yeah pedophiles and they're basically cults and here's the thing about religion and cults and, and martial arts and this oh, is how it gets so deep here's good, the conspiracies dude. and i was like whoa yeah. i thought we were just gonna talk about like surf ninjas we talked about like some three ninja power rangers yeah that's how it started that's yeah, he's not like, how he's it like, finished yeah he's like yeah. yeah 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 anyways there's a group of pedophiles and they're basically cult and Boom! Just fucking yeah! I was like, whoa, dude, so good. You guys are gonna. So, love anyways, it. man, um, you guys are gonna love the episode. Uh, definitely like and subscribe to uh, his channels on YouTube, uh, on Instagram. Make sure you get ready for the documentary. He's gonna talk about that in the episode. But a couple things to talk about before we get into tonight's show. We are approaching our one hundredth episode which mm -hmm. is a huge accomplishment for us. We do have an awesome guest in the lineup for you guys. But a big thank you, a huge congratulation to all of the hooligans for helping us reach that goal that we set by hitting 7,000 
followers on Rockfin. We're actually 7,000 plus now. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. So I can't thank you guys enough. This is awesome. We're going to set a new goal after the first of this year, but um, after the first of the new year, I should say. We're going to leave that, uh, you know. Maybe you kind of wondering about that. Yeah, a little taste, a little tease, so, a little foreplay. Um, a little taste, a little tasty tooth. Yeah, no, that was pretty cool tasty because, tooth. you know, we we had set a goal for Rockfin, and then that goal got fucking demolished immediately. So we had to set another goal, and then that goal just fucking boom. And then we had to set another bang, goal bang. because yeah, we really, really wanted well. to get on Rockfin, and then... With the help of of, uh, of Sam, we were able to make that happen, and then we were like, "Okay, what now?" <laughs> and uh, it's been an amazing ride. Yeah, so we're doing, and we're, absolutely, we're 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 doing what we can to keep the keep the hooligans happy. And clearly, I think we're doing something right because, uh, yeah, you know. So, but it 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 doesn't stop here. If you if you're not on Rockfin, no. like, what are you fucking? What are you even doing? Why are you? you, do, you shut this off. Go get your phone out, download the app. It's an app. You can download the app. Um yeah. or, or go to on your computer and make a free account and, and listen to us and watch us. That's the only place you're gonna be able to watch us. Yeah. So Yes, sir. That's it. And I will say this, which we have made this announcement before, but we have a new basically fucking supercomputer coming. <laughs> Uh, they're just putting together all the parts. I guess some of them are on some evergreen trailers or some, some connexes that are in the Pacific Ocean right now. So yeah. they're waiting on a couple parts. But we have a brand new computer coming for the show that's like a super mega computer uh, that we were able to purchase through all the generous contributions that the hooligans have showed thus far. So with the Rockfin... In 2021, once we make that announcement, I mean, we're going to be doing live videos, better quality videos, live shows. I mean, it, the list is endless. Uh, I'm so excited for it. And, and oh, that's yeah. because of you guys' support, you know? You guys are awesome. And yeah, we love you. Yeah. Fucking um, <laughs> <laughs> my. Um, <laughs> that was pretty good, right? That was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you get a little mascara. The last run. thing. Snot bubble in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I do want to mention is uh, something that we're kind of trying to push a little bit right now, but we did start a Twitch channel. Uh, there's nothing on there right now. There's a couple of videos that you might be able to watch. Those are just, that was me playing some games to make sure everything was um, working properly. But basically what we're doing with that is like a couple times a month, we're going to set a schedule for it, where, uh, whether it be a Saturday or a Friday night, something like that where we'll go online and we'll play some games, whether it be Halo or Call of Duty or, you know, whatever. Um, PUBG, maybe something like that, you know, whatever. Rocket League, maybe. And we'll just jump on. And anybody that's a Twitch follower or if you're, like, another podcaster and you guys want to jump on and play some games with us and we're just going to have some fun for, like, an hour or two and chat about conspiracies, talk about true crime, Talk about, you know, maybe you got an idea you guys want to pitch to us and you just want to hang out with us for a bit. It's just another way for us to connect with the fans because we really appreciate your guys' support. So we want to reach out and, and hang out with you. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And uh, new Halo, yeah. by the way. Oh, fuck. So good. Is it tits? Oh, my God. Is well, it tits? Uh, I haven't got the campaign yet. Uh, hoping old St. Nick brings that for Xmas. But uh, I've been playing not the a real guy. <laughs> I've been playing the uh, multiplayer because the multiplayer is free with Game Pass, yeah. and oh my god, mm -hmm. dude, it takes me back. 
It takes me. I, I played the last Halo I played multiplayer on was Halo Five, and I was I was mm-hmm. I was fucking handling shit Halo Five. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was playing so much Call of Duty that I went back to Halo multiplayer, and it was like I had to learn how to walk again. You know. Um, yeah. But it's so much fun, yeah. dude. Once I got the once I got back in there. You know, played it for a few hours. It was so much fun, dude. Takes me back to Halo Two days. Yeah. I I love it. Oh my god, absolutely. And man, that's what that's what it's all about. Like, I, I really want to hang out with some people that listen to our show, and it's just another avenue for us to do it kind of a little bit more personally with you guys. So, yeah. go to Twitch.tv/slash WB Conspiracies. Click that follow button, and the schedule will be coming out after the first of the new year. Um, one thing I wanted to, I wanted to pick your brain about really quick before we let uh, everybody jump into the episode. Um, so a new game came out on PlayStation now, which is the equivalent of the, uh, game pass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's the mafia definitive version. Oh, fucking mafia. Was so great. mafia was a fantastic game. I love two, three was, <laughs> what are we doing here? A little too quick. Um, a little too quick storyline trash, but anyways, the first one, second one, first one, it's okay. So like the first one is like Godfather good, yeah, right. And Mafia Two was like second Godfather good, pretty good. Yeah. And then Mafia Three was like the yeah. last Godfather. You're like, what? What? Are you not trying anymore? Is yeah. that it? Um. So I'm thinking. I'm playing this, right? And I always like to play games on like their hardest settings because mm. it extends the game for me, you know? Because I'm yeah. not like a. Because you keep expert, dying, you know? And you have to keep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. For sure. For sure. It, pretty much, yeah. yeah. So I'm playing this game and it's set in 1930. And because it's the definitive edition, it's like high def. Mm-hmm. They redid all the graphics and stuff. So it looks awesome. And I'm and I'm. It's open world, like kind of like uh, um, Grand Theft Auto yeah. stuff. So I'm going around the town, and I'm seeing like the old neon billboard signs, you know, like and then the, all the men are wearing suits. Mm. All the cars look very similar. The buildings are built very sh- similar in the structure. All the all the billboards are like that guy, like drink Coke, it's yeah. delicious, you know, like the smoke wholesome kind of s- smoke while pregnant. It's great. <laughs> yeah, smoke my brain, or like smoke this brand of tobacco. It's yeah. great for you. you know? <laughs> yeah. So then I'm thinking, this is the way it was in the 20s, 30s, 40s, but everywhere mm-hmm. in the United States. So then I started thinking about like the reset and stuff like that. Like, how long does it take to get an in- entire society to completely change? You know what I mean? Because if you look at the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s, not a fucking whole lot changed. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then all of a sudden, all of society dresses differently. All of society, like men just stopped wearing suits one day. Like there was a mass text that went out before <laughs> cell phones were invented. Like, and it was yeah. like, mm, mm, and you're yeah. like, skinny jeans. Oh, no more, no more suits, honey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put your Bell chain walls away. Afros, baby. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought about the same thing, right? But, but from it's weird, from like the fifties to the sixties, and then the seventies to the because that was dre- like those four decades alone. Because I mean, like you said, that you had the twenties, thirties, and forties, and it was the same. 
basically. It's like the same shit. Then yeah. you have the 50s, which is a little more different, right? You got the leather jackets, and you got the cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve. And then, yeah. then you go to the 60s, and it's like, okay, we're switching into this m- little bit more gruff type, you know. And then the 70s, it was like unrecognizable. Then the yeah. 80s. I feel all like the, the entire 60s, like the whole decade of the 60s, it was just drugs. The whole, yeah. the whole decade was drugs. Yeah, and it was like everybody that comes out of the 60s goes into the 70s, and they're just, it's hippies wearing fucking, you know, vests with the fringe on them and no shoes. Yeah. Sticking flowers where they don't belong. And next thing you know, <laughs> the, the 80s, it's like... Uh, all of a sudden, the guys are wearing makeup yeah. and they're wearing leather pants. And, and she's my yeah. terrified. Which I mean, hey, dude, I I could never pull that off. If if you pull it off, fucking respect. But it was, and then the eighties was like even more different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah, that is weird, dude. It had to have been like it's weird, right? You know how you get like everybody gets that one flyer in the mail all the time. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's, uh, oh, fuck it, Black Angus, uh, you know, 20% off coupon. <laughs> oh, oh, shit, what's it, babe? Hey, we're, uh, okay, you're not allowed to wear flapper dresses anymore. You have to, you know? <laughs> and like, because, I mean, even the flapper dresses were like, I wouldn't say revealing, but, you know, girls could be kind of sexy in the flapper dress. And it was like the 50s, it was yeah. like, no more sexy. No more sexy, sorry. S- 60s, same thing, like, it it was uh, how did they do that how did they do how that how did they do that an entire society yeah like it's fucking... i don't know why i was thinking like i was just i was just looking at the environment of the game and i was like is that when you would text me is... like we we got a fucking <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah i was playing that when i was doing that yeah. that makes sense now it's all making sense yeah <laughs> maybe we can reset the that 40 year period where Dude, nothing changed you if, know what if, I mean? if if we witness if we witness them roll in fucking orphans um on train cars <laughs> um we're gonna tell the orphans like no you gotta wear fucking zoot suits and pinstripes and she's gotta wear a weird hat and a flapper dress dude sorry <laughs> yeah it's just the way it is it's just the way it is man that was that was a wild little little segment we have there yeah anyways nothing to do with tonight's episode anyways martial arts and pedophiles (laughs) come your way (laughs) yeah (sighs) okay truth hooligans well hopefully you're aboard the nebuchadnezzar if you're not welcome welcome you're about to board the nebuchadnezzar because this is an awesome awesome episode with rob from mcdojo life so enjoy and we will see you guys in the next one bye-bye let's get right into it man do we have an awesome awesome guest for all of the truth hooligans tonight on our show. Uh, now, this is not a typical uh, topic that we've been talking about recently. Boy, we haven't done uh, like an MMA episode since like season one. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, and then we did, I think we did a part two jujitsu yeah. episode. Um, but nevertheless, man, we are joined by an awesome guest. We are joined by Rob with McDojo Life. Brother, how are you? I'm living the dream, man. You know, I wake up every day, I call out a fraud or two, get paid for it. It's pretty Hell awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I love my job. So cool, man. Have so cool. Uh, we want to definitely start by, one, thanking you for coming on our show and having some fun with this episode because 
um, when we reach out to you, we like, so we, Boy and myself, we kind of operate the show's Instagram. I had no idea that the show wasn't following you because individually we all follow you yeah. and watch your videos. So <laughs> yeah, we're sharing videos all the time. Like <laughs> you know, well, this... I appreciate that for sure because uh, oh yeah, yeah. Long, so. oh man, there's because it's some of the most entertaining stuff to watch, especially if you're a martial artist, you know, and you see yeah. these clowns finally getting called out and on blast <laughs> and it's so funny because you'll see the same video over and over again on instagram especially and people are like tagging mcdojo and you're like already did a breakdown go check it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah like some people are just now discovering frauds that we've been calling out for a long time but i say good yeah. good i'm glad they're finally getting that spotlight dale yeah, brown oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay so now before we we because i want you to introduce yourself how you got started what you do but I did have a, a question I wanted to, to throw out there real quick. So one of the recent videos that you had posted, <laughs> um, it was Kevin McAllister versus the Three Ninjas on your Beef of the Week, right? Ooh, Which yeah, is genius, by the way. Show. Yeah, I love that show. Okay, so now here's a here's a question I do have. So, um, I have an I have a little a little guy in the house right now, eight month old, and I'll fight uh, him. I've talked about it. I'll. F- <laughs> he, we, his nickname is Storm Shadow. We don't ever say his name on air. We just call him Storm Shadow. Um, that's it. Uh, so I'm going to convince this kid that he grew up in the 90s, right? And so I told my wife, I was like, one of his Christmas presents showed up. And she's like, okay, what is it? Boom. Check it out, bro. VHS of oh, Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas. Versus three ninjas. Oh, dude. What are you thinking? Uh, so, I am a huge Ernie Reyes Jr. fan. Like, Gotta I be. I was a kid mm-hmm. watching him on Ninja Turtles as a pizza boy and seeing yep. him before that. And uh, and Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. And then seeing him later in life become like this Muay Thai guy. And then all of a sudden he shows up in the, the rundown with The Rock. So, I'm yeah. like a huge Ernie Reyes Jr. fan. And, you know, back in the day... When you like saw sport karate, that was like the family. It was Ernie mm-hmm. Reyes Sr. I think it was West Coast Karate Team, if I remember correctly, but I could be wrong. And they were just like legendarily good. And then all of a sudden, you know, Surf Ninjas comes out. You're like, oh my God, it's like the <laughs> 90s staple, you know? Like if you were going to get a yeah. montage, like mural of the 90s, Surf Ninjas is in there. Rob Schneider's in that movie. Yeah, dude. Young Schneider. Um, <laughs> yeah. So obviously I'm gonna have a bias here because I love Ernie Reyes Jr. way more than I do enjoy the Surf Nin- or the uh, the Three Ninjas. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, one of the Three Ninjas actually follows our page, which is hell yeah, crazy. get out of town. Yeah. Is it yeah, Rocky? That is way like, cool. The other day it was really interesting because I'm speaking at something called the Martial Arts Super Show, and so cool. he also played the Red Ranger. By the way, later on, oh shit, not the original oh. one, but one of them. <laughs> so. Oh, but, uh, okay, okay. You, you know, Ooh, so like, I was almost uh, go from, go dick from like hard. Dino Storm. Yeah, was yeah, it like, like something, yeah, something, something like that? Yeah. And then, so I'm, you know, I'm, I post like, yo, I'm really excited to speak at the Martial Arts Super Show. And then he, he like left this message. He was like, oh, McDojo's gonna go talk to some McDojos. How ironic! <laughs> and I was like, what a dick! Like, like Surf Ninjas is mediocre, you asshole. <laughs> <It's> so, like. <laughs> Three ninjas, sorry. So, so like, 
I wind up like talking to the guy. I was like, hey man, like I'm not sure what's up. And then so we we talked and we had this like really good conversation. And it was good to have like an open opinion and share ideas and shit. It wasn't like it was like he he took a jab at me and then I was like a typical well fuck you response right and so, <laughs> right 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 but, so, but then we talked and it was like really good to like hear an outside perspective and then for him to actually hear mine and then we we ended on like the conversation on a really good mutual terms great dude and i can see what he was doing and it's always nice to have people try to like call you out if they think you should be that doesn't yeah. bother me right and so after we talked and that his his intent wasn't malice it was actually constructive I'm still going to go speak at the Super Show because I've always wanted to <laughs> since I was a kid. But yeah. at the same time, it's like just cool to be recognized by your peers mm-hmm. in both senses, like people who follow you, but also getting the opportunity to speak on a bigger platform. I don't know. I think that shit's cool. But yeah, yeah so that was yeah. my interaction yeah. with the, uh, the, the Three Ninjas kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's way That's so cool. cool. That's so cool. Um, so, Rob, tell us tell us how you got started, where you're at, what you do, if – you don't know. You should know. But if you don't well, know, maybe someone's new. Well, if anybody doesn't know what I do, that's the easier one to start with, is I call out fakes, frauds, phonies, con men, and pedophiles in the martial arts industry. I've been doing so for about nine and a half years, but I've been training martial arts for 24 years, a little more now, making me old as shit. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, I was on an international kickboxing team for two years called Team Full Circle. We traveled internationally and uh, kickboxed. Uh, Sage Northcutt was actually on the same team when he was younger, which is pretty oh, yeah. cool. Um, and then, oh, yeah. uh, you know, a six and no amateur boxer, four and two amateur kickboxer, uh, third degree black belt in karate, third degree black belt in something called Lissa Jodo, which is a weapon system. Not too many people have heard of. I'm a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, and I've been doing martial arts business consulting for like a decade. So I've been kind of running the gambit in terms of martial arts. And because of all of that experience and passion that I have for the arts, I obviously I taught for a while. And one of the jobs that I taught at, I was, a a like a two-stripe blue belt assistant at a jiu-jitsu academy. So I ran their front desk. I helped with their kids program. Uh, but then the instructor called in sick that day. And he was like, hey, dude, man, I can't make it. Will you do me a favor? Just take this class over for me just for the day. Not a problem. So I taught basic arm bar, uh, triangle choke, and then transitioned to the two. And then afterwards, we all just stood around and we were shooting the shit. And we got on the subject of McDojo's. And this was years ago. Um, I've been doing McDojo life for like nine so about nine years ago, making me also feel older. So <laughs> we were talking the subject in McDojo's, and there was a guy there. It was only his second official class. So after everyone left, he, like, stayed back and pulled me to the side. He goes, hey, man, I'm, I heard you all talking about something called a McDojo. He goes, I, after listening to you, I still don't exactly know what that is. Can you explain it to me? I was like, sure. So I explained to him uh, my version of what a McDojo is because not everybody has the same opinion. Um, and then after I explained that to him, he goes, well, why doesn't anybody do anything about that? And I was like, hmm, this is a good mm. question. Like, I've been doing this for a while. Like, why doesn't? And so that just kept echoing in my head. And I started thinking about all the issues and issues that people actually complain about. But then the major issues that are happening. Um, and I thought there's like no regulating body to the martial arts industry. And because yeah. of that, anybody, absolutely anyone can open up a school, call it whatever they want and be put it together, whatever curriculum belt system. And so then I started doing a little more research. The next day I started McDojo Life. Um, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I just wanted to start putting a spotlight on some of these like major issues in the industry that people kind of turn a blind eye to. Mm -hmm. And uh, they pay attention to the stupidest shit. People will care like, oh, my God, he got his black belt in two years. 
well, that'll be, that's not okay, right? All of a sudden, people are getting upset about that. Or then they'll look over here, and this jujitsu guy who's a world champion and fantastic at what they do will get their black belt in like three years. And so it's like, well, what are you really mad about? Are you mad about the belt? Or are you mad about the style? Mm-hmm. And so people just have these petty arguments, but they'll ignore the fact that somebody like, for instance, a David Arnbeck, uh, he molested a 15-year-old girl in his home and still runs three martial arts studios today and is still allowed to be around children because of the type of plea deal that he took. So we'll, people will complain about the belt stuff, but then I don't hear them complaining about that. Yeah. So that's what I wow. want to just start putting work into is, look, the stuff that I post on my, my page, my Instagram page, I post it in a funny way on purpose because mm-hmm. I want to clown these people because people will – have open communication and dialogue about these people, which is what you want. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when, when you're looking at the people on the page, what you don't see is the really dark stuff that I cannot post, which is like, obviously there's a pedophile in the martial arts industry who's arrested or convicted every week. Like if I typed it in today, somebody within the last week either got convicted or busted um, from molesting a child. Um, you know, there's a there's people who've been shot by their instructor and their instructor still runs their cult. I did a video about that guy. <laughs> Um, you know, he defrauded multiple people like, um, gang rape, um, in certain situations. That's unfortunately a video that I got sent one time of a group of martial arts students over in Bali gang raped a woman while she was drunk, passed out. And in the video, they literally are putting kitchen utensils inside of this woman. And Jesus got sent to me like at like 11 o'clock at night one day from a guy who does something similar to what I do. And Indonesia, he runs a page like that to just fights Indonesian bullshit. Yeah. And so he sent that over to me. He's like, you really need to put a spotlight on this. And it was, it was a group of martial arts students who were all between the ages of like 15 to like 19. And that's what they did. But obviously that's not stuff that I can even post. Yeah. Clearly I wouldn't want anyone to see the same thing that I saw. But on top of that, it's like, obviously that would get taken down. So Mm -hmm. the only way to really get these people the way that I'd like to get them is you make fun of them. You make it, you turn them into a meme. You make it yeah. so that way people can't take them seriously. And when that happens, people don't want to sign up for those classes with those people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're like the martial arts version of Chris Hansen. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 yeah. you, I, uh, I remember when I first came across your page, I was actually, I got in this weird YouTube rabbit hole of um looking at fake black belts right and i come across this uh i I think he said he was brazilian this black dude who who opened up his own jujitsu school and he was teaching these kids arm bars and they were like the fucking worst arm bars (laughs) i've ever seen in my life and people were showing up there was like a brown belt and a purple belt that showed up to his school and they start calling him out you know they're asking him about his lineage and all that shit i remember this yeah and then there was this weird rabbit hole i went down of this karate instructor in new york like back in the early 90s maybe late 80s who had actually killed a guy in his gym yeah he, uh, bobby joe blythe yeah yeah bobby joe blythe i got into the and i and i'm <clears> looking <throat> for articles and it was really hard like trying to find info on the guy uh especially when it come to that and there was this dude on youtube who had a uh like a video testimony basically on what happened. He was there. He felt really guilty about it and he, and he talked about it. Um, but you know, going down that rabbit hole, I, I stumbled across the term for the first time ever of McDojo. So I start looking at McDojo stuff, you know, searching McDojo and that's when you popped up and it's, it's the funnest time on YouTube 
because but but it's it's also it drags you into a dark area like you were saying you know there's some super abusive people out there um a lot of a lot of these boxing classes you just did one recently uh, of a youth boxing um they're just beating the shit out of these kids letting them you know punching them in the face over yeah. and over and again and, and they think it's some sort of you know jaw strength training which is not no, these kids are going to fucking end up with CTE. We, we actually, because of that post, we made that post, and I rarely tag these people because obviously they can hit me for a copyright strike, and yeah. that'll lead down a rabbit hole of them eventually getting my page taken down. So I try not to mm-hmm. give them that ammo. That's why I do the full breakdowns on YouTube, so that way people, if they really care, like, one, it'll help the page financially, but two, it'll also give you all the information you wanted with just a button click. But yeah. when, I'm looking, when I did that one, I actually tagged that guy because that was like, that was just straight up child abuse, and there was like, yeah. I wanted to go at that dude hard, and we we went at him so hard. Within twenty four hours, he's removed from his teaching position, and he had a they apparently over that area in Kuwait is where that happened. I guess you have to actually get certified to be able to teach mm. those classes, and his certification was removed as well. So oh. we uh we we got one. Fuck him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good, good Fuck man. I, it's crazy watching those videos, dude. Just getting fucking punched in the face over and over again. And they think it's good for them. They, uh, their yeah. coaches yeah. have convinced them that this is something that will help them. And yeah. science and medicine has convinced <laughs> them otherwise. Yeah. Um, so it's just crazy what these people are able to make other people believe. They, yeah. If people looked at my page and thought, <clears throat> not martial arts. They, they went to it and they thought, all right, I'm going to be looking at a cult today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would make way more sense because that's oh, yeah. what I discovered right. they are. They are just cults run by cult leaders for the betterment of themselves and their ego. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. definitely um, super cultish. <laughs> Chris dropped a question here in the chat for you. Uh, who is the biggest fraud and why? Maybe if you could, a name pops well, in your head. It depends on the reasoning. So like, I think that <laughs> when you're looking at fraud, it, it's kind of a broad paintbrush because you could have a fraud of a lot of different kinds of things. So, like, if you're looking at fraudulent monetarily, um, ah, you know, he probably makes my top three, so I'll give it to him anyway. There's a guy named Edon Abelnik, and Edon Abelnik runs a system called Kala. It's called the Kala system. And I did a video about this guy, but what's amazing to me is everything that I accuse him of, he openly admits publicly. So everything <laughs> he admits everything I say. But even after the video of me literally just posting, he said this, here's a screenshot. He agreed to this. Here's a <laughs> screenshot. He still wanted to argue with me and tell people that I was wrong. So he <laughs> Apple Nick did several things. One, he lied about his resume, right? He lied about the type of military background that he had. He already got busted for that for somebody who actually was in that special forces unit, he claimed. And I'll be doing another follow-up video about that. But um, those things take time. Uh, next, he shot a student. He literally shot a student. He was practicing gun disarms with live ammunition and shot a student. School of Alec Baldwin over here. And so it gets, it gets even worse. So, first of all, in South Africa, where he resides, uh, it's illegal to do that. Like, not obviously it's illegal to shoot somebody, but like even being slightly negligent with a firearm is illegal. So, yeah. like, it's a big deal. Over here, it's a dick move to flag people, <laughs> right? But over there, it's illegal. Like, if you get yeah. busted, even accidentally, that's a charge. Mm-hmm. And so um, he winds up going to a public firing range, a gun range, and he starts teaching classes out of the base because it was an outdoor range. Mm-hmm. So he has, like, a couple people come in for these private lessons, and he's teaching these classes. Well, after, even after he gets busted for shooting a student, 
he goes to this particular range and continues to do those gun disarms with live ammo after he's already done it. He's wow. already shot someone once. He didn't learn his fucking lesson. And then he starts <laughs> doing it again. So I talked to that gun on that range owner. The range owner had kicked him off. Like, you got to go. You can't be back here. Because clearly they could lose their ability to have a mm-hmm. range. And so continuing down that path, the guy also decided that he was going to set up seminars around the world. And he did. He set up a seminar in Mexico. He set up a, a couple seminars in the United States and so on to spread his system. And so when he does that, though, three of the seminars, not one, three, he charges everyone ahead of time, and then he just doesn't show up. And so the people are like, hey, we'd, we'd like a refund because you never actually showed up. And he's like, I won't give you a refund. I'll just give you uh, an ability to go to another seminar we're going to have in the future. <laughs> you get a like, rain check. Yeah, like, exactly. So that's fraud. Hey. <laughs> um, so I have to say, like, he's kind of run the gamut. The only thing I haven't really caught him for out of, like, the five rules of how we do the page. I have rules to the page. I don't just do it to do it. Um, but the only thing I didn't catch him for was the sexual harassment. Um, hmm. But that was it. Every He broke almost every rule but that one. <laughs> so it's uh, so hey, far. Hey, man, when... When the Niger- when the prince of Nigeria asks you for five thousand dollars in an email, you fucking you answer that call and you maybe learn some karate on the way. You know what I mean? Um, so so just for preface, Rob, that I'm sorry, but that guy has a full system. Like he has multiple schools around the world. He uh, he's a leader, and people even after knowing this, and he's admitted it for a fact. His followers are so devout, they still defend him. And I always ask him one question. Well, what did I say that was wrong? And they never can answer. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stupid, I guess. Yeah, Man, I, that's I, I, devotion. Suppose, I suppose not. That's crazy. Yeah, it is very culty when you start laying out facts like that. And they're like, still signing up. I got a rain check, baby, coming in the mail. Any day now, any day. <laughs> Um, but just for preface, Rob, the, the three of us, we do train. We all train jujitsu. Um, I haven't been in the mat probably the uh, – maybe not the longest, but um, <clears throat> I, I I had a very similar experience. I don't know if I would call it a McDojo because I think it is a legit school, but it mm. was just – but it was just ran in, in such an odd way since I was kind of like a – I was newly introduced to jujitsu through Boya. So um, – I live in Kansas, but I used to live in California with Boy and his wife, my wife and I, and we started training at a school and um, kind of a smaller school. A lot of people went there, but um, <clears throat> it was, uh, boy, how would you describe it? Like traditional, but not so <clears throat> yeah, traditional it's... where they had like a classic breakdown before class, after class. Yeah, like it wasn't like it wasn't as. I guess you could say structure. It wasn't structured like a like a Gracie gym, you know what I mean? Where it's like, this is the <clears throat> uniform you're gonna wear. These are the patterns <clears throat> you're gonna have. Here's the breakdown in curriculum. This you're gonna be tested on. You know what I mean? It was show up to class. Here's the options. Um, you can wear you know whatever gi you want as long as you have our patches on it. It was it's very laid back, right? But le- legitimate black belt. Um, uh, it went from being under, uh, Sala Hubero's, um, um, you know, umbrella to mm-hmm. now we're with Matt Baker. So it's all legitimate guys. Right. <clears throat> and, um, it, it, it's just super kind of like family feel, you know, 
Um, so big country goes from, from that where everybody can just kind of hang out on the mat afterwards and bullshit and barbecues and shit like that, you know, family picnics, that type of stuff Yeah. to, to yeah. a guy who's like, well, you're going to sign up or you're not, you know? <laughs> and it was kind of yeah, like, so, <laughs> so I'll give you the, the quick story on that. Um, so when I move out to Kansas, I'm looking for a new gym and there was one right down the street from our first place that we moved to. Uh, and it's a it's a bigger school. It's a traditional Brazilian gym. Uh, basically, everything is painted as a Brazilian flag in there. Uh, but I kind of walk <laughs> in, and the guy tells me like, "Okay, if you want to try the entry level um, classes, it's like thirty five bucks right now." And then you do a couple of these intro classes, and then you kind of see where you're at and see what you want to do. It's okay. So I did the first one. We're not allowed to roll. We just did training in that one. So. I'm also a one, I'm just a one stripe white belt, right? So I'm very, very okay. new into it. Um, so we do the class and then one of the, one of the white belts that was in that class, um, he was like, Hey man, you, you seem to have got this down pretty good. Um, the, you know, talk to the, the instructor. He might let you stay for the, the next class, which is basically like another lower level belt class, but they do a little bit more sparring, a little bit more rolling at the end. Mm -hmm. And the instructor at the time was a brown belt. And he was like, no, no, you can't do that. And I said, okay, well, so I go up to the guy that runs the school afterwards and I said, um, yeah, can I, uh, uh, you know, I'm interested in signing up and going from there. Well, he was like, well, we don't think you're ready to do the next level. So if you sign up right now, uh, it was like something like 250 bucks a month. He was like, you can go three times a week um, and you have to go to the beginner level classes only. Um, and then we'll see when you're ready to move on to the next step. And I was like, well, how, how, how long will that take? And he's like, um, you usually have to wait about six months, but, um, we'll see where you're at after that. And I said, uh, okay, well, I'm going to go talk to my, like, I always talk to my wife about this. So in my head, I'm already like, nah, dude, I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> when already. I was at the other gym, well, when I was at the other gym, it was like, come every single day. Every day you can yeah. come. Doesn't matter. It's a morning class yeah. or the evening class yeah. or Gee, you're no the gee, only white whatever. belt. Come train. Yeah, come train. Yeah. Uh, so I was trying to leave, and this guy was like, um, "Bro, if you sign up right now, I'll get you a discount on some geese." And I'm like, "I've got like four. I'm I'm all right with those geese." And he's like, "Well, what's the issue?" I was like, "Well, it's a lot of money. I got to talk to my wife, you know." And he was like, "Oh, so so you're going to tell your wife that you don't want to learn how to protect her?" And I was like. <laughs> Dude, this is Kansas, homie. I was like, I got a gun in my car right now. If something were to happen, I'm not going to be like, take down. No, I'm going to fucking shoot your ass. You know what I mean? I don't have time to play for that. I got to warm up and stretch and do all that shit. Yeah. No, thank you. Hey, hooligans, want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Mud Water. That's right. It's a coffee alternative made with organic ingredients that is good for your health and for your performance. Listen, are you guys addicted to caffeine like I am? But does caffeine even keep you awake anymore? Or do you just drink it to avoid the headache like I do? Check it out. With one-seventh the caffeine as a cup of coffee, you get focus, energy, immunity without the jitters, crash, and the dependency. Okay, mud fuels your morning ritual in a way that will make you Spartans smile and Buddha proud. 100% USDA certified organic 
non-GMO, gluten-free, kosher, vegan, Whole30 approved, what can go wrong? What can be better than this? Listen, if you're trying to get off coffee, trying to get away from the jitters, the headaches, the dependency of caffeine, give Mud Water a try. Click on the unique link that is going to be in the description of this episode to get you some Mud Water and crack that dependency today. Um, <laughs> and then I eventually found a gym out here that was much like the one in California. He, like, I just texted the guy, he had his number on his website and I was yeah. like, Hey man, I had a bad experience at this gym. I'm trying to find one. He's like, yeah, come check it out. Try it for as long as you like. If you want to sign up, it's hundred bucks a month, whatever. If you need some help or anything like that, just let me know. So I went and checked yes. it out and that's, that's kind of what I call home now, even though I haven't been there in a while, but, um, mm. Those those gyms that seem like kind of a money ladder, like pay to stripe up, pay to belt up. Yeah. Um, do do you do you consider those more like a like fraud or kind of on the spectrum well, of fraud? So I have like, so first of all, cost is subjective. So mm-hmm. what's expensive to you might not necessarily be expensive to someone else. Um, so do I think that's necessarily fraud? No, I think it's fraud when they give you add-on fees to things that you weren't expecting. If they're right. honest with you up front, that's much different. So, like, if I – that might not work for them. <laughs> but one thing yeah. that I know, especially from doing the consulting work that I do, is 90% of gem owners have no clue what they're doing in terms of running it as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a fine line there. Do I think that that is the best way they should have approached it? Hell no. It sounds like they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but that's a good red flag for you to be able to walk away. I actually have five very specific rules to what I consider a McDojo. Um, and uh, they're pretty simple. Uh, one is no pedophiles. If there are any pedophiles on staff, you need to run 100%. And believe it or not, you would think, oh, well, there's no way that pedophiles would be allowed to be in a martial arts facility. Well, you have to remember that a martial arts facility isn't necessarily just for children. Um, it could be just an adult program and children could be in the area and that could be an issue. But also a lot of these particular pedophiles that I cover got deals when they did plea deals. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they weren't put on a sex offender registry. And so they are legally still allowed to be around children. And so I think that's why it's mm. important to do background checks and your due diligence. Wow. That's a, I cover one of those usually a week. That's like I said, it's, it's absolute. I did a video one time on our YouTube channel. It's over an hour and a half long of nothing but news reports of pedophiles being busted, arrested, stuff like that. All different. Just an hour and a half straight of just like yeah. these yeah. two minute uh, things. Um, but the second one is uh, a little more common. Uh, not the first part, by the way. Uh, no touch knockouts. And um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, but the second yeah. part is more common is the mislabeling technique. Mm-hmm. So, like, if someone wants to jump spinning 720 hook kick a board, they're not mislabeling that. No one ever said that they're doing that for self-defense. They may be doing that for attribute building. It's fun, which is a thing that a lot of people forget about in martial arts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay to do shit just because it's fun. Um, yeah. uh, cardio kickboxing. That's cool. Do cardio kickboxing. But if they say that that's self-defense, that's mislabeling and misrepresenting what you're learning, and that can get you hurt because a, a false sense of confidence is a dangerous thing. Absolutely. Um, that's awesome that you lost the weight. It's awesome you learned jab, cross, round kick, and your techniques are looking good. That doesn't mean you know how to defend yourself. It means you know how to hit a bag effectively. Mm-hmm. And so mislabeling techniques is a big one. Uh, the third rule, lying about belt rank or fight record. 
If so, it's usually the first interaction you have with your instructor is asking about their history. What do they know? And yep. typically, one of the first conversations, they let you know, hey, I'm a black belt under so-and-so. I've been doing it for this long. I did these fights or whatever I didn't. So if they're going to lie to you about that, they'll lie about anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth one is unsafe training practices and cult-like behavior. Um, we were just talking about unsafe training practices earlier about kids getting teed off in the head. But also that takes a little <laughs> bit of a cult mentality oh, yeah. for people to purposely get themselves injured for the sake of the instructor. Yeah, That's absolutely ridiculous. And it happens way too often. Um, uh, the, uh, the, the cult-like behavior is something you see even in jiu-jitsu <clears throat> gyms where they'll have a term called the creanche, uh, creanche. Uh, which basically means a trader. And typically when they tell you, you cannot go train at any other gym, you need to run away. That's yeah. a cult at that point. When the cult says you are not allowed to train at any other gym, but here, guess what? They're trying to control you outside of their area. That's mm-hmm. a cult. And that's Absolutely. a cult leader. Um, and then finally, um, shady business practices. So shady business practices are them not being direct hundred percent with you in terms of how much things are going to cost. Um, upping prices without your knowledge, not allowing you an out for your contract, which martial arts is very physical. There's usually a long-term commitment, which is usually six months to a year. So it's not like you're just going to commit to a little bit of time. Um, so I, I get that. Businesses need to stay open, you know, get you on for a year. We'll see how it goes, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is the average martial artist only lasts a year to a year and a half. That's where you come into the blue belt blues and jiu-jitsu where you, and most other arts, people quit. After mm-hmm. about a year, year and a half. But that's for a lot of different reasons. And so bad martial arts instructors who don't know what they're talking about will say, well, they quit because it's hard. No, they quit because it either their life has changed, mm-hmm. their situation has changed, whether financially or physically where they're living. They got deployed. They got an injury while training with you, which is even more slap in the face if you can't get out of your contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I think that. Businesses need to understand, yes, you should run like a business, but also it's a business of people and you need to make sure you're taking care of those people. So if you're going to get them on the hook for a year, great, that's awesome. One year commitment. But you have to also give them the opportunity to get out of that if there are extenuating circumstances. Now, if you're just like, I don't fucking feel like it anymore. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can understand why we have the contract. It's for people yeah. like you. But what, like, But if there are issues like deployment, all right, cool. Hey, dude, we'll freeze it or let you go. Or if someone gets injured, all right, cool, you're out, man. Like, I get Mm -hmm. it. I understand. You should have reasons that are allowed for people to get out that are reasonable, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I, you know, Big Country, he knows knows the owner of our gym, Jeremy, very well. Um, You know, I've known the guy for about 15 plus years. And it's almost like some of the, especially of the kids, some of the, some of the, parents that pay for their kids to go to jujitsu the way he gets treated by them it's like reverse mcdojo you know uh-huh. <laughs> uh, because it's they, they they think that their kids the only kid in the class and i need this this and this from you like we actually had a parent freak out on him because r- prior to covid we were going to move to a bigger facility well covid happened and nobody knew what was going to happen right um, Jim was closed down for a while. Finally he said, fuck it, opened it back up. Everybody started coming back and they said, well, you promised us a new facility that didn't happen. So we're out of here. And I'm like, guy almost lost his business. You know yeah. what I mean? But, uh, um, I think the, the shady business practices is definitely, 
along with the the pedophilia stuff and and i have some questions i'm sure you've been following the fight uh sports stuff and of course but uh you know the the shady business practices i think is what's kind of tips people off to like let me look a little bit more into this you know what i mean um because like you said earlier if you're gonna join a gym whether it's karate taekwondo or whatever you should be doing your own research. You should be checking to see who the lead instructor is, what their lineage is, who they got their belt from, and all that stuff. And I think if more – because unfortunately, I think when people move to a new area, they're like, I need to find something to do. Mm. So they go out on their own, and they walk past a strip mall, and they see a karate gym, and they join it. And like you said, they get this false sense of security, and they're teaching them a bunch of dog shit. And then it comes out that the guy maybe just watched a handful of Bruce Lee movies. You mm. know what I mean? And good the guy, movies. Good movies. He's out, he's out, he's out in a bar and shit pops off and he's I got this. Everybody get back. Nah. He gets the shit kicked out of him, you know what I mean? Um You know, and, like even with that stuff, no, there's a couple lies that people tell in the martial arts industry. One of the biggest is size doesn't matter. So that's bullshit. I don't know who lied to you about that. Every combat <laughs> ever has weight classes for a reason. You know, like, I'm just saying like that size matters. It's not yeah. the only thing that matters. There are a lot yeah. of other factors, but it damn sure matters. Mm-hmm. Right. But one of the other lies is like knowing just a little is better than knowing nothing at all. And that's Absolutely. bullshit. Right. I always imagine like some of these like TikTok videos I see that are so infuriating, but they're done by like these big name corporations. Like we're not talking about like small companies. We're talking like Marie Claire did a set of self-defense <laughs> videos that were God awful. Then they could have afforded like a real martial arts instructor who really, yeah. knew what they were doing, but they didn't. It was almost like they got Susan from accounting, um, <laughs> but they got like, for that. I actually spoke with the lady and she at the time knew absolutely no martial arts whatsoever. Marie Claire knew that she was just a fitness model, but they asked her anyway to put together some self-defense tips for women just because she was a fitness model. She knew nothing about (laughs) self-defense and they put her up there and she has the worst self-defense I've ever seen in my life. It's terrible. Even Mm -hmm. for like just making shit up. I've seen much better (laughs) made up shit. And then so, but like they're, they're one, uh, five minute crafts does the same crap, like 10 self-defense tips you need to know to save your life. And then you see all the comments and everybody's like, Ooh, this is so good. I feel so much safer. No, you don't. These people are morons. Stop mm-hmm. listening to morons. Like, absolutely. You know, oh my God. Like it just makes me want to just like fucking punch someone in the dick. Like, why are you <laughs> doing this to people? Like you're, you're literally giving people this abusive behavior, like walking down the street, right? You're a female. I'm I'm not going to assume your gender, but <laughs> you're a female, you're walking down the street, and then all of a sudden someone tries to grab your purse, right? Instinctively, if you're terrified, you let them have the purse and they go away. Mm-hmm. But you took this like two-hour women's self-defense empowerment course on every self-defense tip you need to know to never get your purse stolen. But you've only done like three hours and you got this beautiful certificate that's worth toilet paper. Yeah. Then all of a sudden this dude who weighs 250 and all he does is eat steroids and beat up <laughs> like other adults for a living walks by and you're like, I know what I'll do. Horse stance, reverse punch. And then all of a sudden he looks at you for trying to fight him and he punches you in the mouth and then your head ricochets off the concrete and now you die. All yeah. because you decided, you know what, I'm going to take this self-defense course. This weekend's going to make me a better person. No, it's going to make you a moron and dead, right? 
you have to continue your education, especially Absolutely. in terms of things that are physical. And it takes a long time of developing that. That's why all these fly-by-night instructors are like, never learn martial arts. It takes too long. It's like, yeah, because it's good. Like, anything you're going to be good at is going to take you time to get good yeah, at. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I just fucking bought a welder today and decided I was going to go be a pipe fitter tomorrow, they'd fucking laugh in my face. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I mean, I would consider, I would say I know a fair amount of jujitsu. There's no fucking way I would ever open a school. Like <laughs> I tried helping with the kids class a few times and I'm like, dude, I'm lost. I can't, I'm not a teacher. You know what I mean? And, but there are people who will be like, man, I watch UFC all the time. I could fucking open up my own school. And like you said, especially cause now they're doing like this online shit, right? You can, you can watch a self-defense class online like you said they send you this bullshit certificate now the soccer mom's pumped and ready to fucking fight anybody you know what i mean <laughs> she'll she'd probably be at the bar talking shit to the guy with cauliflower ears no. <laughs> you know and that's a terrible check idea but you got to check the ears yeah. um like you like gotta mislabeling gotta check the ears but like mislabeling services like you said man there's people out here who are doing self-defense or like the booty boot camp shit out on the beach <laughs> and they they will confidently like the tell though. you dude we were at a at, at a restaurant right after a, a crossfit games and i think oh. we had just we had just finished at a tournament we went to a tournament watched some of our teammates compete and all of these dudes who who can do about I don't know a thousand fucking pull ups and two two million push ups and and you know box jump eighteen feet talking about how they're like looking at all the guys in in the restaurant like yeah I could beat his ass I could beat his ass and I'm like CrossFit's not a self defense dude I don't know who uh -huh. told you that you know and but they but, were super but that confident. is that is a that is a stigma of society that they assume a lot of people assume that if you're like if you're buff or you're really you, you know like cut up that you're a good fighter like you're automatically mm -hmm. a good fighter if you're buff and I yeah. and I think that's just a stigma of society no, because like know, the black belt at my gym, he's like five foot seven on mm -hmm. a good day, a little bald guy, and he probably weighs like 145 pounds. And that dude, f well, I mean, I'm a white belt, so he obviously fucks me up. But I've seen him fight like everyone in the gym, and he just he doesn't even sweat. He's it's so because yeah. he, he's been doing it for yeah, so long, it's, you it's know. Easy, yeah, he uh he got his black belt from Renato Tavares. And, uh, but you, but if you were to see him like in public, you're like this little, this little guy right here. You know yeah. I mean? If you're like yeah. some like, you're at the grocery you store, CrossFit yeah. games, dude, I've done. You have any CrossFits <laughs> I've CrossFitted this weekend, bro? You don't even <laughs> fucking know. Which I don't want to shit on people that do CrossFit too much. Cause it is a great workout. Oh, they're super uh, in I shape. Think they've, I, I think they do have been scammed a little bit because CrossFit is just P90X in a warehouse. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, those people, like those people, have a certain, um, I don't know, kind of fucking douchey attitude that they walk around with that mentality. And I don't know if maybe that's just the gym or that CrossFit. Like, yeah, we CrossFit, bro. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It might also be a little bit of a uh, 
uh, a stigma that comes with it, you know, like, like people a stereotype. Go, yeah, exactly. People go to the gym, like you didn't go to the gym unless you took a picture. You yeah. know, it's like not everybody does that, right? But a lot of people <laughs> do. Um, yeah. you know, same thing with like influencers taking pictures of food. Like you're mm-hmm. never going to see my food on my damn page. You know, <laughs> so like who gives a shit that I ate like a sandwich? Like I don't even give a shit. Like I barely ate the damn thing. Right. You know, like but when it comes down to like that kind of stuff, martial arts gets the same thing. Yeah. Like you know, people sure. automatically will label your skill level based off the art that you take. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you tell people that you train jujitsu, people automatically to give you a little more respect than if you tell people that you trained karate. True. Because of the stigma that comes with yeah. it. But then they'll forget that people like Michael Venom Page, Stephen Thompson, Raymond Daniels, GSP, Leota, Leota Machida, Machida. Yeah. Black belts, and they will all murder your face off, even with just the karate. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think that it's, it's one of those things where I can see where you're coming from. But also, I think that's just something that we do as as humans yeah you know it's like okay well then you know i see like five out of 15 interactions you know the five those people were assholes and then the other (laughs) and i just didn't register in my head yeah because i you know it wasn't a bad interaction so i didn't need to think about it or say absolutely you know yeah yeah i mean you can you can definitely tell like the 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 over jujitsu guy when you're just out in public and like someone holds a door open and he says "oos" instead of like "thank you," <laughs> I got you. You got your belt. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got your your belt ranks uh, lanyard on and stuff. You know. I know, right? But, I gotta go to the bathroom. Kombach. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, um, I I, th- I think I think karate gets a oh, bad uh, rap, dude, and I and I think it's just from from the you know the 80s and 90s karate movies where the acting was just terrible um and then there was that flood of of people that wanted to do kung fu and karate forever so i so many mcdojos popped up at the time because they were just taking advantage of the cash flow you know yeah. everybody wanted to be bruce leroy everybody wanted to be you know in the karate uniform not necessarily training the the the, the yeah. martial arts. Cobra Kai till I die, dude. Cobra Kai. Yeah, till I, I, die. I mean, it's some of the coolest movies are, are karate movies. You know what I mean? And and I think that that drove people to kind of just be like, I'm gonna make a buck off of everybody who wants to be Mr. Miyagi. You know? Yeah. And um and it kind of diluted the um legitimacy of of a lot of karate gyms. But, yeah, for uh, sure. You know, and I think that also is you get this like perpetuation of the bros online um, who have never trained a day in their life, have mm-hmm. no idea what they're talking about. Um, that's why, you know, the martial arts industry, we call them casuals, right? Because they casually know what they're talking about. They'll casually watch this and have one piece of information, you know, but they don't actually do any research or pay any real close attention to what's going on. Yeah. Like, what we have to remember is like, there are a lot of different martial arts. There are over 2,000 different versions of karate. 2,000. So when people say karate, I think, which one? Yeah. If you ask a regular person about karate, they tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, motherfucker, like there's more than one. It's like, yeah. he's saying kung fu. Like, kung fu sucks. Which one? Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> you know, we're talking Sonda? Because Sonda, those dudes are going to fuck you up. Like, mm-hmm. Sonda's no joke. Like, are we talking, are, are we talking Wushu? Are we talking Tai Chi? Are we talking Wing Chun? Like, all of those are versions of Kung Fu. Yeah. So when people are like, I train Kung Fu, it's like, all right, cool, which one? You know, or people are like, I hate Kung Fu. Which one do you mm-hmm. hate? Like, because yeah. I'm telling you. Kung, like, Kung oh, yeah. Fu with the Lenexa Mall. Well, <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had that conversation with somebody because they were talking about martial arts that they hate. And I'm like, well, how can you really hate any of them? 
You know what I mean? If you haven't trained in any of them. And they said that Kung Fu was bullshit. And I was like, well, what about Bruce Lee? They're like, well, Bruce Lee didn't do Kung Fu. I'm like, no, he developed his own Kung Fu system. Yeah, he did. And, it was uh, like a, a Jun Fan, I do believe, yeah. is what it was originally uh, called. But yeah, yeah. And then it kind of out. developed into Jeet Kune Do. And, and, you know, it was a combination of Wing Chun and all this other stuff that he had. It was the first kind of mixed martial arts um, form that he developed on his own. And people are, you know, like you said, casuals. They, they know who Bruce Lee is. They don't really know what he trained in. And then when you tell them that, their face kind of melts a little bit, you know? Um, or but... like, you know, like even people like Dan and Asanto, you know, him and Dan and Asanto helped make that art what it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, when Bruce Lee was off, to, like Bruce Lee was like never like really in the gym, like the, the same way people would imagine. Like they yeah. imagine Bruce Lee as being this teacher who was always there teaching like motherfucker. He was a movie star in the 70s. Mm -hmm. He was getting blazed high and doing private lessons with yeah. movie stars. Is what he was doing. Hell you yeah. Think he was actually in his regular dojo all the time. Ah, you were fucking wrong. Yeah. Dan Santo was teaching those classes mostly, and he still does. Super legendary dude. And if anybody's like an encyclopedia of martial arts stuff, it's him. Mm -hmm. And he starts from that typical system. He also did Filipino martial arts before that. But, you know, when people talk about martial arts, it just blows me away how little they really fucking know. Yeah. And it's even worse when they're representing a gym. And like they, they just start spewing nonsense. And you're like, dude, you need to take your gym's name like off your profile header because you're making the shit look bad. I'm just letting that's, you know. That's <laughs> part of the cult, the cult mentality there. Yeah, for sure. Like you can't catch bullets with your teeth, homie. You can only catch them. <laughs> you will get shot in the oh, ass. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing is too, and I think we've talked about this a couple times on the show. So for Rob, that you don't know, like I'm a huge Eddie Bravo fan. Uh, I love his system. Uh, I do jujitsu. I don't understatement yeah, a little bit. I like <laughs> the guy a lot. Okay, and he's a flat earther, so that's what I, you know. But um, cult. There's even this weird thing in jujitsu where if you train gi jujitsu, um, people that do no gi jujitsu like you you train in a gi that's cute that's tight that's cute what about heel yeah. hooks bro i'm like i fucking what are you talking about like we do the same <laughs> thing just with a little bit less clothes on yeah. sometimes <laughs> but like people even at some 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 guys that i've talked to at my gym they're like that, that dude that rubber guard shit is so stupid the 10th planet's whack man like no giza i'm like yeah but eddie still has been a black stuck belt in rubber in guard gi. though <laughs> <laughs> you know because you can like do rubber guard in, in, a, the mud. In, in a gi and i've been stuck in that shit and it's terrifying you know what i mean um friction there too so it's oh man yeah and and it's weird the knock on on no gi or or, or versus gi you know what i mean it's it, it's a story as old as time man yeah. every martial art ever has this thing when i was growing up anyway where every other martial art sucks but the one you're doing yeah, You know, like back when I was younger, you know, like I started in karate. It was the first art that I really did. And since I started in karate, this was before jujitsu made this big boom that it did. And so I started when I was 12 and, and you know, I was born in 85. So I was about eight years old Hell when yeah. the first UFC came out, right? So when the first UFC came out, I was like eight. But I started when I was 12 years old. And even by that time, you know, there, there was only like one UFC a year at yeah. that time. 
happening. It wasn't like this shit was happening all the time. Yeah. And so by the time it got there, I had, I was started watching UFCs on like the VHS tapes that were in the back of the movie theater or back of the movie store right next to the porn. Yeah. It was like behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You know, you can watch like the porn or you can watch like UFC, you know, and so mm -hmm. I, I hit the UFCs, I'd watch them. And then, you know, by that time I was already doing karate and then you talk to your instructor you're like, man, like, this is really effective. Like, I can see this working in, like, a full-contact situation. They're like, that's gay. Grown-ass <laughs> men rolling around on the ground, sweating on each other. It's like, that's a terrible reason mm -hmm. for your homophobia is the bad reason for this right. to be something I shouldn't learn. Like, I don't plan on sucking this dude off. I just don't <laughs> want to you know? <laughs> and so yeah. it's one of those things where that was a stigma for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And then people will tell you, like, oh, in a street fight, you don't want to go to the ground. Like, okay, that's you might have a fair point. Maybe I don't want to go to the ground, but how would be the best way of knowing not to go to the ground? Learn an art that's all about how to go to and stop people from taking you there. Exactly. Um, and every actual altercation I've ever been in as an adult, um, which has only been like four altercations that I was not paid for, <laughs> paid for a lot, <laughs> a lot of paid altercations, but like not paid for, it's only been four, you yeah. know, and that's since I was 18. That's, I think that's an okay That's practice. pretty good. Hell yeah. And uh, they all ended rear naked choke standing. Every one of them. Every one of those altercations ended with a standing rear naked choke. And it's like people's talk about jujitsu not being a thing for self street self defense. That's bullshit because I personally have <laughs> a lot of experience oh, like, yeah. bouncing and fighting people. But also, these real altercations that just pop up out of nowhere and you have to use what you know at any given moment. Mm -hmm. And it was like rear naked choke was like a go to. I was like, oh, gave up his back? Are fucking sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Hush little baby, <laughs> shut the door. But you know, it's like people have again, these are these weird stigmas that people try to sell this bullshit. Like every art hates every other art. It's like oh, yeah. it's not as effective. It's like, well, let's just be honest. If I had cerebral palsy, which art would I choose? <laughs> What art would I choose? If I had, if I had missed, if I was missing two legs, what art would I choose? If I yeah. was missing an arm, what art would I choose? Yeah, you're, and you're... that that goes to tell you that individuals' attributes mm -hmm. and natural disabilities and abilities are big factors in what art they should learn. I would never stick somebody with no legs in Taekwondo. I just wouldn't, right? I would <laughs> right. never Good put call. somebody right. with no arms in boxing, and I would never sit there and try to tell somebody about their own body unless they were trying to learn this particular art. If they were trying Absolutely. to select one. I would say, hey, go go out there, do a whole bunch of different arts over the course of like two months. Take all the trial classes you can, and then after that, figure out two things. What's your goal, and is this gym helping me get that goal? Mm -hmm. And the only other thing you need to know, was it fun? If it's fun, you're more likely to go back. You're more likely to continue to want to train, and you'll enjoy yourself. Yep. If you go to a gym just because it's effective and there are a bunch of douchebags, mm -hmm. you will not be good because you don't want to be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. it's definitely the – the mentality of the coach is going to, you know, trickle down to the students and how they treat new students. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I, I remember when I first started jujitsu, <clears throat> I was, I was actually lighter than I am now, but I almost quit immediately because I was there for maybe two months and I was rolling with this guy, um, after class was over and, um, I had side control and I shifted a little funny on him and apparently it floated one of his ribs. Ouch. Yeah. So, you know, I got up, I'm, I'm new. Right. So I'm like, Oh shit, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. And he's like, see, this is why there needs to be a fucking weight limit in jujitsu. And like, <laughs> as, as a, as a new student, you're like, 
fuck, that's a dagger, dude. So I was like, yeah. okay, whatever, man. So I just went and sat on the wall. And my buddy who got me into it, he's like, hey, what happened? So I tell him and he's like, go talk to go talk to Jeremy. So I'm like, all right. So I go over there and I'm like, hey man, I'm 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 thinking about this is it for me, you know. Maybe until I lose some weight and come back. And he's like, What the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, Well, this guy over here said I was <laughs> I was too fat to do jujitsu. And he's like, Who? Uh-huh. And I tell him I show him, and he's like, Fuck that guy. He's been training for four years and he has a three stripe white belt. And he goes, There's a fucking reason he hasn't been promoted. It's because uh-huh. he treats people like shit. It's because he has a shitty attitude and it's because he never shows up. He's like, he fucking skips warm-ups. He does this. He does You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so he's like, don't listen to that guy. He's like, how many other guys here have said anything negative to you? So he's the only one. And he's like, okay, how many guys here have been trying to push you to, to stay, see a next class, make sure you come back? I was like, pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, fuck that guy. You know, don't, <laughs> don't, don't let that shit happen, you know? So it, it was good to hear that from the coach. Yeah, for stay, sure. Well, you know. A good coach, a good sign, a sign of a good coach, in my opinion, is they're going to help you reach your goal. Yeah, that's it. Like that, their their egos out of it. It's not about them. It's not mm-hmm. about anybody else. But when they're talking to you, it's about you. Yeah, and I think that that's a sign of a good coach. That's somebody who actually gives a shit mm-hmm. and will actually make you better. Is yeah, that they care about what your goals are. You know, and somebody. The other thing that was, I think he handled it well. You know, he didn't need to go confront the guy like he were his fuck. He was his fucking school yeah. teacher. It's like fuck him. Who cares what his opinion is? I like that. That's yeah. it. That's a good way to put it. Because then there's no like animosity and confrontation. It's just like, look, that dude has his opinion. He's gonna act the way he does. Stay away mm-hmm. from that dude. Go hang out with these people who actually give a fuck. Yeah, you know? exactly. At that point, you know, he he allows that growth in you mm-hmm. to make your own decisions, and you know, like to be able to decide. All right, well. That's a learning experience for me. I know that these people exist here, but most people are here for the betterment of me. So exactly, let's go, yeah. exactly. Which is funny enough is my my oldest son. He's seven. I have him doing jujitsu now at the same school, and I had to have the same conversation with him because he's a little smaller for his age, right? And yeah. he he's going against a, a fucking eleven year old, and. You know, he's he's trying to he's he's already discouraged because the kid's much bigger than him. I said, but you're just doing you're just doing drills. This isn't to compare, you know, who's stronger than who. And uh, the kid was giving him a little bit of shit. Um, You know, you're so little for a white belt and blah, blah, blah. And so after class, he's off the mat and he's crying. And unfortunately, the, the main coach wasn't there that day. So I had the same conversation that. I I went through with my son, you know, and and it kind of rubbed off on him and now he's like, okay, whatever. I don't care who's in class, let's go. I don't care what color their belt is, you know. Um That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool though. That's the cool part about martial arts is you can pass that shit down. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. so much fun watching him out there cuz he just started going on Sundays with me and then he was like, I want I think I want to do it, so we got him his gi. And then now he's going, you know, two, three times a week, um, not going on Sundays now because I got hurt. So I got to wait till I heal up. But, you know, watching, watching, especially from a, a young age, I remember I wanted to do karate so fucking bad. And my mom was like, no, that's a waste of money. It's a waste of money. So I never wanted to have my kids have that experience. You know what I mean? But when you see these parents take their kids to a school that is dog shit, whether it's rife with pedophilia or they're allowing kids to just get kicked and punched in the face or judo schools where they're just the grownups are ragdolling children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important for parents 
who are not martial artists to do their research for their kids too, because there are parents who will just leave their kids. Like it's a fucking daycare. Yeah. See, that's a... see in an hour, you know, yeah, that's not cool. Like, you know, and some gyms are a little bit more geared towards that. They allow that. I yeah. always suggest um, that, you know, schools have a policy where the parents aren't allowed to do that because yeah. it's not a daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a skill that needs to be reinforced by the parents, not, um, misinterpreted which happens way too often oh yeah like i taught for a very long time um martial arts has been my career forever it's been my only real true full-time job Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like i grew up as a kid i started when i was 12 and i moved up through the ranks and eventually became an assistant instructor then instructor and so on and over those years of teaching you hear all kinds of parents say all kinds of stupid shit like uh, (laughs) you have like a kid who's mounted on top of the other kid and the parent of the kid who's on top, on mount, the parent will be like yelling, bridge, bridge. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, oh, have man. you never watched any of these classes once? No, you know, like, man. If you paid attention, you'd know that's really stupid to, yeah. to yeah. be like, who's going to hump him in the yeah. face? Like, I'm not sure how that bridge works. And then, um, you know, but you have stuff like that. But also you have these moments that are teachable for parents. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm, I never try to teach a class with the with the parents in mind as much as I do the kid. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the best thing for a kid to know is that the parent is involved too. They yeah. fucking need that. Yeah. And if you're gonna be like, if you're gonna be a parent, like you gave up some fucking responsibilities, so that way you could be here for your kid. Exactly. Not, that way you could resent them. And so yep. I do these couple speeches, and one of the speeches that I give is I'll sit all the kids down after a class, and I'll say, "All right, guys." And, it's important that you guys understand this. It's my job to teach you how to do this. Mm-hmm. I teach you how to throw people. I teach you how to choke someone. I teach you how to defend yourself. It is your parents' job to teach you when. It is not my job to teach you when to use martial arts. Yep. That is going to be different from every parent. They're all going to have their own rules, and they're all going to have their own thing. Mm-hmm. I can't do that because if I say that, it might be contradictory to what your parents want. And they're the ones you got to answer to. Yeah. So, like, you get into a fight at school, you know who you're worried about? It damn sure ain't the principal, all yeah. right? It's what's going to happen when you get home. And Hell you yeah. know, if you've had that conversation with your parent as a kid, if you're safe or not. That yep. means you might whoop somebody's ass wholesale, right? <laughs> and done it with a smile on your face because you know that that story that you tell your parent was allowed. He put mm-hmm. my hand, he put his hands on me. You told me to defend myself. We should be good. Parents like, good job, son. Yeah. Get on in here and get this ice cream, yeah. all right? But yeah. that might not be your parent. That might not be their rules. And so I always make sure to put an emphasis when the parents are there. It's my job to teach you how. It is your job as a parent to teach them when. You have mm-hmm. to have this conversation. There's a reason everything in your fucking kitchen can kill your kid. Everything can kill your child. A drawer's up to a little too far. The kid's running, not paying attention. Wham, it hits him in the fucking eye. He lost his eye. Like a, the microwave, if you put metal shit in there, you can set the house on fire, right? You know, there's a stove you can burn yourself on. There's yeah. a, a garbage disposal you can lose your hand in. Everything can kill your fucking kid in there. So why aren't they dead? The reason they're not dead is because you as a responsible parent went up to them and showed them that there's a time and a place mm-hmm. and a reason for everything in that kitchen. Absolutely. Violence is the same way. Yep. Violence is not going to just stop existing because we don't want it to, because it hurts our feelings. Violence doesn't <laughs> give a fuck about your feelings. It will always be around. It always has been. So if you're going to have violence in your life, which you don't have a choice, by the way, mm-hmm. you might as well teach your kids about the time and the place in which it is okay to be violent. It is okay to be that person. 
somebody puts their hands on you, I'm sorry, I'm not going to knit them a fucking sweater. You know, I'm going to, it's violent time. Yeah, and that's exactly. not necessarily because of hate. It's not necessarily because of rage. It's because that's what that is. It is utter brutality when put in the face of someone else's brutality. And so I think it's so important for parents to fucking pay, one, pay attention to the goddamn class. Yeah. Right? Get off your fucking phone. Be a human being that gives a shit. But at the same time, really listen to the lessons that are going on. Mm -hmm. Because that choke might not be a lesson about a choke. That choke might be a lesson about how to handle a tough situation that will come up later in your child's life. And if you aren't paying attention... You might miss out on this beautiful opportunity to bond with your kid and say, you know what, man? Do you remember that time you were getting choked at school and at the Jiu-Jitsu Academy? You remember that? Which is worse, this situation or that one? Well, that one was really bad. All right, then you can handle this one. And so you you have this beautiful bonding moment. Martial arts is so beautiful to me, right? It's such a pure thing. It is one of the last bastions of honesty in the world. Yeah, you you cannot lie. No one gives a fuck about your age, your weight, your height, your sex, your fucking religion, your skin color, your creed, whatever your personal beliefs are, whatever your your fucking politics are. No one Mm -hmm. fucking cares. They care about one thing. That's it. Two, sorry. Are you good at what you can do? Can you help me get better at it? That's it. Absolutely. And if guess what? You can't help me. Guess what? I can help you. And we can all be cool as fuck together. And we can all learn how to kill people with our bare hands and have a good time. (laughs) Absolutely. It's just so fucking weird to see people bastardize it. Yeah. Like, fuck it up for everybody else. And that's why I do what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think, like you said, there's no lying on the mat. You can't just make shit up. If if you're going to get on a mat and say that you're a second-degree black belt uh, in in any discipline, whether it's jiu-jitsu or whatever, once you take a step on that mat and somebody who knows better sees you and calls you out on that bullshit, you can't hide anything. You know what I mean? There's there's no you cannot fake being good at martial arts. Unfortunately, there's some people who fake it enough to get a little bit of a following. Um, I'm not sure how you feel about Sistema, but I, I, I think it's kind of taken on a little bit of life of its own. And, and you watch this guy train people from the military and then you see the people from the military like, oh, my God, his, his knife defense is incredible. And it's like, no, it's not. He uh-huh. turned he turned to the right a little, you know, and it's like. When you see shit like that, you're like, lie. You're a fucking liar. I can, I can tell you're lying. And, and, but there's still people out there for some reason who are like, I need to get to a Sistema class tonight. Well, there's a lot of lies that go in, like involved. Like it's what I call an overseas promotion, which isn't actually, it's not my phrase. It's a phrase I picked up over the years Mm -hmm. where someone like, let's say hypothetically, like a McHale, who's the, the head of Sistema right now or the Vladimir. Vladimir and Mikhail are like nose and nose. They both co-run it, really. Um, and then you have other people who are like, they're not the real system of mass. Who gives a shit? They represent your art. Just yeah. take it, right? Talk to them about the problems. But anyway, so Mikhail does the shit where he'll like freeze a human being without touching them. Yeah. I can't get off the ground. He's like, oh my God, just, I can't explain it. Well, I can explain it. You've been had by a fraud and it's a magic trick in your head <laughs> that you believe that he could do this to you when he really can't. Yeah. You've allowed him to dominate you in such a way that that is open possibility. But the overseas promotion with Sistema comes from the bullshit lie they tell. They say that it's a it's a martial art that the uh, Spetsnaz learn. Yeah. No, it's not the martial art the Spetsnaz learn. It's just like our military or any tip of the spear program, military uh, squadron or uh, you know operators. Mm-hmm. The tip of the spear guys, 
learn everything available to them. Yeah. Governments pay millions and millions of dollars to make sure that they are educated on how to hurt you badly. Yeah. Right? Most of that's done to shooting, right? So not everybody who's a special forces guy is necessarily the baddest dude with his hands, but the amount of training and time they put in, they they expose them to a lot of different shit and they bring in a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Like it's to say that like that is the art of the Spetsnaz is bullshit because <laughs> why the fuck would you learn that goofy shit? When you have Sambo and wrestling right there, like two of the, the, the country's greatest martial arts, like wrestlers that come out of Russia are the some of the baddest motherfuckers on the oh, planet. Yeah. And Sambo guys are legit as fuck. And Sambo so guys I are see, scary, dude. It <laughs> blows my mind. And then they, they that's their claim to fame. You know what? We had this thing called The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yeah. It's an extremely famous story. It was a book later turned into a movie about how our military, our U.S. military fucked up. And put millions and millions and millions of dollars into trying to make super soldiers with superpowers. Yep. And Remote viewing. What happened? Mm-hmm. We were fucking morons, and we just <laughs> we 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 fell for a magic trick. A, a goat died in a room next to a guy. He picked the number. They went to go over there and look, and holy fuck, this goat's dead. And then they were like, you know what? This guy's got to have psychic powers. Here's millions <laughs> and millions of dollars. Please train up some more. Yeah, it's like. And of course, he's not going to be like, no, I'm not going to take this money. He was like, yeah, <laughs> give me the fucking money and I'll teach these guys whatever you want. You want this dude to walk through walls? I'll convince him he can't. Leave. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's such a good point. It's like one of the funniest. That's such like, a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a like, good let's... point, man. I, there's, uh, there's. There's so many instances that that you've that you've shown on like your page and that you've talked about that we've watched that we've shared that we've laughed about, uh, and there's one that I really <laughs> want to get into because it's the might be the best one I've seen. Is it the Chicago Urban Survival no, Defense? Detroit. 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 Yeah, that guy's name's Dale Duh. Brown. Man. We should talk about whatever I... you want to talk about. That guy's a dude. Okay. <laughs> Here's my favorite one. So, um, I used to airsoft uh, when I was living in California with my brother. Like we had like all the gear, right? We had electric guns and we had gas power, blowback pistols. Like it was a thing. You had teams. You need to go out there, right? So all these videos that that I've seen of him that have, he's really been getting kind of bigger recently, and maybe because people are trying to put the exposure that he's a fraud out there. Um, but I think on his on his YouTube channel he has like a million subscribers or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. He got, my uh, favorite he one. Yeah, he. Blew my favorite sure. one. <clears throat> this motherfucker tells somebody he's telling his audience in a video. This dude has an airsoft gun pointed at his chest. And he tells him to pull the trigger and he grabs the fucking slide and stops the slide. (laughs) Well, what he doesn't mention is that if the slide on the gun is back, it's already fired. The reason that the slide (laughs) comes back is to eject the round it just put into your fucking body. (laughs) Also, we're talking about a real gun, an internal combustion, right? The chances of you grabbing a slide are slim to none at best. <laughs> and I've had my hand stuck in a slide. It fucking hurts so goddamn bad to get your hand stuck in a slide. I'll tap from that shit. But so, please go on right, about this guy. We're clear, right? Just so you know. Yeah, I know okay. some people are particular, so... All right, look. So we're clear. 
All right, so, and I'm not going to point it at myself. So one <laughs> of the things he talks about, right, which has been proven to be true, is you can stop the the uh, the bullet from, it, well, you can't stop the, bullet, the first bullet from ejecting, but you can basically jam the gun. So, like, for instance, I'm here, right? I grab a hold of the slide. This has been done in multiple experiments, by the way, but you have to grab the fucking gun because, again, there's a small explosion going on in here, right? Mm -hmm. So there is multiple times, and you can feel free to look this up. This is something that's been tried over and over and right. over again, where if you grab a hold of the slide and pull the trigger, one, the first round's going to go. You can't stop that. The first round will go. But what you will do is you'll cause a jam in the firearm. So basically, after you actually disarm the firearm, you have to clear the jam in mm -hmm. order to go ahead and be able to shoot again. If you don't clear it, you just have a paperweight because it's jammed, yeah. right? The particular one that I hate that he does, other than most of the bullshit that he does, <laughs> is he has this thing where the gun is pointed at him. I'm not mm -hmm. going to point it at myself. He has a thing where he has the gun pointed at him, and because it's pointed at him, he basically just grabs the slide and pushes it forward, Yeah. right, to take it out of battery. It's like, okay, you, you grab it, you pushed it forward, all right? So that's his, his answer to the thing. He has all the platform that he wants to continue to explain what happens next, right? Mm -hmm. So what he does is he does that, and then he disarms the firearm from the person. What he doesn't actually take into account is that me as a person who wants to fucking kill you now for grabbing my gun, <laughs> you're pushing it towards me. Okay, cool. Look, can't shoot. I'd love mm -hmm. to be able to, but my natural reaction is going to be to pull. Guess what? Now I can. <laughs> you basically took a firearm that could not kill you. Hey, look. Truth Hooligans, I want to tell you about our amazing friends over at Dr. Cowan's Garden. That's right, the Dr. Thomas Cowan, a practicing holistic doctor in San Francisco who has revolutionized health with healing your body through a clean diet and natural medicines. You may recognize him through numerous videos, lectures, discussing many different topics concerning your health. And when it comes to viruses and the integrity of some tests that are being used to prop up the pharmaceutical industry's mass hysteria operations. Dr. Cowan and his family have created a way to benefit your body by inputting clean, healthy toppings that you can add to your already existing diet. Dr. Cowan's garden has created powerful vegetable powders that you can add to your already existing recipes and use them as seasonings. Each of these jars contains roughly 50 teaspoons of a single teaspoon serve and a single teaspoon serving of Dr. Cowan's Gardens powdered vegetables equates to a full serving of cooked vegetables. Parents having trouble with stubborn toddlers not wanting to eat or finish their vegetables, not a problem. Throw a teaspoon of this shit on top, boom. A full serving of cooked vegetables. We're excited to work with Dr. Cowan's Garden by clicking the link, your new unique promo code, Dr. Cowan's Garden, to receive 15% off your entire order. Change the way you view what you put in your body and see how these products can change your life. I forgot. I didn't fucking cock it back. You're still <laughs> safe. But then you took it and pushed it forward for me. My natural reaction was to pull. Now it is ready to go. And now I can shoot you and kill you. So, like... His logic is so fucking flawed that, like, op, like we're talking some of the best in the world, Rosas, man. We're talking Navy oh, SEALs. I know, like, one of the companies that sponsors me is run by Navy SEALs. The top three guys of the company are Navy SEALs. And so whenever I have questions, I talk to them a lot yeah. about firearms, tactics, shit like that, mm -hmm. and about realism. You know, these guys got bodies, so I want to know. And then so, like, when it comes down to, like, this Dale Brown shit, he's called out by Navy SEALs. He's called out by some of the best 
operators in the world. Tim Kennedy, by the way, yeah. who wouldn't be in our documentary because he didn't want to roast people. He, <laughs> he didn't want to be a part of that, which I respect. I, rep- I yeah. respected it. Right? He's a great dude. Oh, right? yeah. But at the end sure. of the day, sure. he straight up would not come on our documentary because he didn't want to be the guy who roasts these people. He roasted Dale Brown. Right. And mm-hmm. like, this dude didn't even want to, like, he, that's how bad it is. We're talking UFC fighters, some of the mm-hmm. best in the world in self-defense and firearms tactics. And all these people all universally say that Dale Brown is a complete utter moron. Yeah. I agree with them because mostly the reason I call him a moron isn't because he's made mistakes in his teachings. That's not it. The reason is, is once he's called out what his reaction was to that, mm-hmm. you have the attention of the world right now. You are literally the face of incompetence as a meme. If I want to make anything about incompetence, I show him, and he's now a meme of that, yeah. right? So Absolutely. you have all these operators, though. Some of the best in the world are looking at you. If you didn't have an ego and weren't narcissistic fuck like you are, yes, that's directed directly at him, mm-hmm. then what would happen is you would listen and go, you know what? Maybe, possibly, I could be wrong. Yeah. All of these amazing people who are really good at what they do are telling me that I could be improving. Why not have them come down to my facility and you teach me how to be better? Yeah. That would be somebody who actually gave a fuck about teaching someone. But instead, mm-hmm. he blocks all comments on his Instagram. Everything negative. Yeah. Every negative comment on his YouTube, he'll block anybody who speaks out against him. He also calls people racist who like leave <laughs> bad reviews. Like, no, they might not be racist. They You might just suck ass at what you do. Yeah. Um, and so... All of these things go to show me that he's just a narcissist and he loves the attention. Well, mm-hmm. I'm glad he's got the attention because now he's literally the face of incompetence. Yeah. Congratulations. You're now worldwide known as a moron. Hope yeah. you enjoy it. Yeah, and I know you offered to pressure test his system, right? And he, he wasn't having it. Yeah. And and if, and that's the thing. If if his system is so foolproof, if it works great, and, and for some reason <sighs> no operator ever has ever – seen this system and it works so well, then why wouldn't he be willing to pressure test it? And that's, that's, you know, there's a video of a, of a guy who is a chi master and, and I know we've all seen it. They're both kneeled down sitting in the sand and he says, he's going to block all this MMA fighters punches. And the guy just fucking lights him up. Bloody Mm. nose, all this shit. Like dude, your chi shield, it's broken. And (laughs) you know, but but with all due respect, that guy was willing to pressure test his system. For sure. And after after all of the internet exposure that this fucking guy has had, he's still putting out videos of how to how to dodge a bullet, how to take a knife, how to and and I I'm not sure maybe he does know at this point that he is a meme and people are only coming to his page to watch this shit, right? there's no other way around it at at, he's got to know his shit at this point it's ineffective and he's just doing it for views yeah he's definitely doing it for the money he's doing it for the views he's got the attention and all of that i don't really care about like yeah he's financially wealthy and well off and he wants to do the youtube thing which i think that he should he'd probably be way better at it because his stuff (laughs) is really comical and laughable the only problem (laughs) is that now the people who are kind of being exposed to him kind of think that he's in on it yeah. But the sad part is, is he's not. Yeah. Like, he literally does teach these things to mm-hmm. people. Yeah, like, he's, he's buying his, that his, shit. Because his reasoning behind everything is, one, he he will he says he allows anybody to go to his gym to test it, right? 
which I know is complete bullshit because I know plenty of people who went to go set that up mm -hmm. and he blocked them. So that's <laughs> not true. Uh, the next is that allows him to control the narrative. If you film inside his facility, he could legally tell you you can't put that film out. Yeah, That's his business, and he could sue the fuck out of you for that. So he's not stupid. That's why he doesn't leave his facility. Mm -hmm. Also, inside his facility, he's got plenty of bodies there to protect him if anything goes wrong. Yep. So if you go, you would have to go with like 10 other people yeah. if you really wanted to do that to that man, right? And then even if you did do it, he still you still might not be able to put out the footage, yeah. right? Because he can just – he can deny. And at the same time, he's also wants you to go to him because he knows it's more inconvenient. I know guys that offered him $50,000 for a pressure test and got blocked. Wow. 50 grand. I'll like, take that shit. <laughs> I would take it too, even if I lost. I'm like, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate the money. Hell like, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, By the way, don't you can't it, put that on the internet. Don't put that in there. But, you know, exactly. But you know, that's where the narcissism comes in. But he's nothing new to me. Yeah. Like he, he, I, I've been calling this motherfucker out for a long time. I'm surprised the internet just caught on. Congratulations. Right? Welcome to the party. Yeah. Now y'all can roast him too. <laughs> um, but he's he's a dime a dozen. Yeah. He really is. He's he is I wish that I had less content that I do. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd run out years ago. Apparently, <laughs> there's way more fucking frauds out there than I ever imagined. They just keep stacking up. And one common misconception about my page is that people think that people put this vi these videos out just to get on the page. Mm. Like they, they have that's so ridiculous that there's no way anybody could really believe this. It has to be a bit. It has to because our brains can't compute that there are people this <laughs> fucking stupid. But guess what? There are. They're there. All these breakdowns. Like, if you see that little symbol at the bottom that says McDojo Life on it, it's not a skit. Yeah. But, like, like, those people believe what the fuck is going on. And, yeah. like, I have, I do the breakdowns. It's like, and it gets, like, the dude I told you about who shot the student defrauded the people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not even the craziest one. <laughs> like, yeah, that's Tim and Iceberg, man. Yeah, that's just one. That's yeah. one dude. Like, I got like 95 different breakdowns on my YouTube right now. That's 95 <laughs> different individuals I have literally gone through to roast and find out about. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't stop. It never stops. Oh, my God. And well, One Rob, the... let me ask you this oh, before ahead, we ahead. talk about your 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 documentary. And boy, I'll let you jump in here. Uh, how many death arts are you trained in specifically? <laughs> uh, <laughs> absolutely not. I, I got this. The only one I got really is I got Glock Fu, which Hell is really yeah. good. I got a projectile, my chi, uh, and then I I usually have a knife, and I usually, but as silly as it is, I get a lot of death threats with this job. Um, really? Yeah, I get tons of death threats. You have to, like, again, when people look at the page, they automatically assume it's all funny, yuck, yuck. Yeah. Um, that's, not, that's not how it goes no, for me. No, no, no. Like, these are cults, right. and I called out the cult. And mm -hmm. what happens with cults? You have fanatical cult following. And so they'll, like, hit me up. Um, and But luckily, like, I got homies that help me out. So, like, I got a bulletproof vest in my, uh, my backpack I always carry with me. So if you ever see me in public... And I have a backpack on. It's because I have my vest in there. Like, <laughs> you at least got to hit me in the chest. Right. Like, yeah, 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 damn. Yeah. Um, you know what but I mean? I get death threats get Takashi. <laughs> yeah, I just wish that. You know what uh, I mean? Hang, hang. Not, one of those things I just didn't prepare for when I started the job. I didn't understand that that mentality when I first started, that there would be fanatical followers. It's but such there a are. trip. Oh, yeah. I had a really crazy experience in London, too, which is like, it's, it was the first major death threat that I got that I understood that I could be really hurt doing this. And so I went overseas to teach a, a seminar. Somebody hired me out for nunchucks. So I do nunchucks and shit. 
They're like, yo, we'd love for you to come out and teach a seminar. It's like, fuck it, I'll go to London. So I went out there for two weeks, and it was fucking great. London was a good time. Yeah. Um, found out, but apparently London Bridge is not the big-ass bridge that you see in the, the photos. It's like the still this little tiny bridge that's outside a pub. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I even found it was because I was drunk in the pub. <laughs> and so yeah. I like, stumbled out, and I was like, oh, holy shit, it's London Bridge. And then <laughs> grew up on the sidewalk or some shit and then went home. But I, um, you know, but when I was over there, they were my last weekend there, that school that I was teaching the seminar for, they offered me to come down to a Taekwondo tournament that was out there. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll come and I'll support your people. And I haven't been, I've never been to a Taekwondo tournament, Mm -hmm. but I've been to plenty of uh, sport karate and karate tournaments and MMA. So it was a new experience for me. So it was just like all the rest (laughs) in a gymnasium. (laughs) Like you got to wait fucking forever to get called up and all that shit. So but I'm sitting there, and there's thousands of people there. It's a big tournament inside this huge YMCA gymnasium that was there. It was awesome. And so, but I'm sitting there, and I'm fucking around with my messages, and a message pops up out of nowhere, and it's from a profile that looked like it had just been made. Mm. It had no profile picture. It followed no one. No one followed them. They had no posts, and it was just a blank profile. And so the only thing the message said was what I was wearing. And oh, like, shit. Well, I'm in a room full of thousands of people. And that was really fucking weird to me at that time. And so, but it's happened before. I've had weird shit like that happen before where people are just shy to talk to me for some yeah. reason. So I was like, I, I wrote them back. I was like, no harm, no foul. I was like, hey, just come over. We can shit chat. We can talk about whatever you want. Um, and then they started writing me a message. And it was a lot of messages in a row. But it was about a martial arts school that I had closed down years ago. Um, so when I first started, it was on Facebook. And I, there was a person who was a pedophile that was running a martial arts studio under a different alias and so they were already a convicted pedophile they changed the way they looked like added facial hair Damn. and shit like that and changed their name but they opened up a, a another martial arts studio <clears throat> but when they did that though back way back then someone had sent me a message saying hey you need to check this out about the studio and i was like holy fuck that's a pedophile so i called them out well after that the internet did what the internet does and they went down and just gave them one star reviews on everything they had. And just like, it was only like a matter of a week before that school had gotten closed down. So a couple years later, I'm still on Facebook, by the way, um, I get another message from someone else. And apparently that same person had moved overseas in London and opened up a school over there again under a different alias. And it was the same person. And I was like, Holy fuck, that's the same guy. So I called them out again on her Facebook page. Well, after that happened, I guess that school got shut down as well. So good. Fuck them. Got two. Yeah. I got them twice. Hell yeah. Right? Well, here we are. Fast forward to me in this gymnasium years later, and I'm sitting down in the gymnasium, and this person writes about that particular school and how I was wrong, and I destroyed that person's life, and I was wrong for doing that. I was like, dude, there's a reason I've never been sued. Like, I have proof. Like, this is 100% factual. I've never do that without knowing for a fact that mm-hmm. that was who this was. And it was. And he was like, you know, that was accusations. I was like, it wasn't accusations. This was a convicted pedophile. Yeah. And so, like they yeah. were not hearing. But then they went on to tell me something that was uneasy to me. I didn't, it, I took it for a grain of salt and it was still kind of uneasy. But they told me that when I left the gymnasium, they were going to shoot me. Well, we're in London. So I was like, the odds are really low. But then I was thinking like, I probably could have gotten a gun over there. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm thinking like, better safe than sorry so i went down and it you know who knows it could have gotten me hit by a fucking car stabbed or acid i don't know yeah like my brain was going crazy so i went down and talked to the police they were like look there's not really anything that we could do right now they go but what we can do is we can walk you to your car whenever this is over 
Mm. And I was like, I really appreciate that. So after that, like I changed a lot about how I run the page and, uh, you know, like I, I'm, I'm about that life. So if they want it, they can get it. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't think that it'll go the way I'd like it to go. I think it'll be like something will just happen that I was not prepared or expected for because people like that are usually cowards. Yeah. Yeah. I think the most right. common misconception about you is that you are not uh, a, a skilled at violence. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I, <laughs> Yeah, the money maker. The floating head. I look like a fucking nerd, but they forget yeah. my nose has been broken like fifty fucking times. <laughs> scars. I got two scars under my eye. One's from a, a head kick, um, and the other one's from a spinning elbow. God damn. Uh, and, a, and a tournament, like you know, like get, get the fuck out. Yeah. Like I get it. I look nerdy, but I'm I, I'm a six foot one, two hundred pound dude. Like I'm not even all that little. I yeah. Just, <laughs> Like, yeah. I, I guess yeah. I'm a pretty decent sized dude. I don't know. But bro, it's because you don't CrossFit, dude. You're not a CrossFit. <laughs> I don't, you change I, your you life in 90 days. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, I, I saw you doing doing uh, doing the nunchucks out there. and Because, I mean, whose favorite Ninja Turtle wasn't Michelangelo as a kid? You know what I mean? So I saw a video of you doing uh, nunchucks. I was actually looking for videos of the Diaz brothers doing nunchucks. Somehow you popped up in there. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, it's funny, you know, and it, cause I, I don't know, nunchucks for some reason, anybody that can spin a good nunchuck is, it, it's fucking so much fun to watch. And for me, like I stopped doing it for years. Like it was something I did as a kid and yeah. I loved doing it. It was really fun. But then like, I just kind of went on to other things. Like yeah. my priority shifted as to what I wanted to do with my art. And so I, I learned a little bit more about like effective things mm -hmm. like it was fun to do but like at the same time like no one's gonna sit by that dude on the bus like no one's gonna be like oh that dude's got nunchucks in his back pocket what? watch <laughs> out for him no they're gonna be like that's weird don't sit by him yeah um but when it comes down to like the nunchuck thing i stopped for a long time but then i started doing jujitsu and like over the years if you do enough gi it fucks your hands mm -hmm. up like it's real bad like you're just your hands get jacked and so like i was getting like cramps in my hands like bad and my mobility dexterity of my fingers was starting to get bad i was kind of like my fingers were almost turning in yeah and i was like fuck i gotta do something so i picked up nunchucks again one day for fun i was just like fuck it let's just do this again and then i realized like how much dexterity that really takes to do mm. and it started giving me my my hands back and i was able to move them the hand cramps stopped so i don't even do it anymore for like anything other than just kind of cosmetic or like a uh, medical like yeah. to help my hands it's like therapy um, type yeah, it really does. It helps, man. Just getting your fingers moving and moving all that weight around and shit. It, it does help my hands. Wow, and that's so, cool. And I didn't think about that. Hard. You can go to a fucking rave, you know, and pull out <laughs> fucking glow sticks and people don't see that shit coming. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, and he's dropping out there. Right. Before we get into your, your documentary, I, I did have one question about... And and I mean, this is sort of on the whole conspiracy mindset, you know, that, that we talk about all the time here is that, you know, when you talk to somebody who's not really a conspiracy theorist and you ask them about the moon landing, they're like, so many people would have to be in on that. But then you watch this like no touch knockout shit and everybody in the room is in on it. Everybody. Because you'll have a line of, you know, 25 guys and you have one guy shooting a G-ball and it knocks all of them out. And some of it is, is pretty fucking cartoonish, right? But yeah, sure. but there are people there during this seminar or whatever who are like, oh, shit, this is the real deal. And it's like that with every single school like that. You know what I mean? And so my question is, these motherfuckers get paid that well 
<laughs> like uh-huh. these, these actors, they ha- it has to be. You know what I mean? So let's let's touch on the conspiracy theory thing before we get into that, right? So I believe wholeheartedly in a lot of conspiracies. Just so you know, um, so I am a conspiracy guy. But the only reason that set me off into conspiracies, just so you know, is that we all were lied to, yeah. and we all learned the truth about a very major conspiracy. Like we all heard it, mm-hmm. like, and but people just ignore it. Do you yeah. know what conspiracy that is? I believe so, but I have children in the other room. Uh, so <laughs> the major conspiracy that we were all lied to and then later told was 100% true was Area 51. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, Area 51 did not exist. And anyone who believed that Area 51 yeah. existed was a tinfoil hat wearer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we were born. You were mocked. You yeah. were making fun of. Like, as a matter of fact, there's even times in the media in which it became so popular as a joke mm-hmm. that they put jokes in it. In uh, the movie Independence Day, yeah, the president himself, and at that time, by the way, did not know Area 51 existed until he became the president. Exactly. And then they were like, we have something to tell you, Mr. President. Right? That's how much of a conspiracy theory that was. Yeah. That they made it a joke in a Hollywood movie. Now, flash, 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 fast forward just a few years ago, and not only was it a fact, and then the government acted like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, of course, Area 51 is there. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was there the whole time. We told like, you in the movie. <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, y'all said years and shit didn't exist. You even made fun of it in movies, yeah. right? And all of a sudden, it becomes, no, no big deal. And then we're trying to storm the damn place. <laughs> There's like, a right. Facebook thing going on where people are trying to storm it. Yeah. But that's what really made me believe in conspiracy theories. Like, really believe them. Yeah. And not all of them, obviously. Yeah. I try to use my common sense but if the government for decades decades lied to you about that and then all of a sudden made it not so much of a big deal that it did exist Mm -hmm. even though they called a lot of people who believed in it absolute fruitcakes and ruined their reputations sometimes even scientists and well uh, respected people in the scientific community were still made fun of yep and still ostracized but then all of a sudden years later like no big deal like bitch it's no big deal to you yeah (laughs) like what about to us? And so, like, uh, that made me really believe it. But I deal with cults mostly. Yeah. And so because I deal with cults, you deal with cult-like behavior. Mm-hmm. Those people who were falling down are not paid actors. They are students who are paying the instructor. The money is going the other way. It's yeah, not coming yeah. to them. See, so, th- uh, so that, that, was, that, was, that was part of my thinking. It was, okay, so it had to be either one of two things. Like you said, either either they're so deep into it that that's what they believe you know they're gonna drink the kool-aid they're gonna throw the nikes on get a bull haircut and chop their dick off because that's what their (laughs) sensei told them to do or they they're getting paid for it you know and it it's so hard for me to grasp that i can't imagine showing up to a fucking martial arts school and being like okay are you guys ready for this you know and then flopping on the ground like oh my god did you feel it i felt it we all felt it didn't we it's like watching the old the 90s power rangers like when the putties would get hit and they would fucking fly <laughs> Sparks, and you're like damn yeah yeah, yeah. you know and- it's a good transition into the movie because you know during the movie we actually talked to psychologists we mm-hmm. talked to several um and we talked to them from different like perspectives one of which actually even wrote a paper about martial arts cults which is one of the only papers ever written on the subject which is really cool to talk to her but when we were like talking about it they all universally said the same things, which actually really kind of blew my mind. Like, they were all on the same page about this, and that was interesting. They said, the three major things that will make you most likely to fall in bed with a cult. One, you don't think you could be taken advantage of by a cult leader. Mm. 
Like that was the first one. And they both, they all, all three of them said it <laughs> like separately. They were like, if you don't believe that you can be taken advantage of, and you don't believe that there are people who are smarter than you, people who are smarter than you will exploit that. They will, they will take advantage of you because your walls aren't up. Yeah. You think you're too good to be had. People who have had their hand burned on a hot stove, you know what they don't do? Put their fucking hand back on the stove. Yeah. People who have been taken advantage of are more likely to have their radar up. Mm-hmm. People who haven't and don't think that they can are one of those too smart for school kind of people. You're going to get had. Like it's, that you're, it's easier because your walls aren't up. They yeah. said the next thing was you, uh, they were well-educated. People who were well-educated were most likely to fall victims of cults. Because the indoctrination of education, mm. you started school when you were mm-hmm. younger, maybe preschool to mm-hmm. kindergarten. You went to school all the way to high school. Then after that, you decide, you know what? I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be an architect. And what do you do? Another eight years of school. Then after you do another eight years of school and you get out, you've done school your entire life. Yeah. And then when you get out, what do you want? You want more school. Yeah. This is what you're used to. So you're the guy that's going to go to the self-help seminar. You're the guy that's going to go to that class. You're going to go to go to the continued education because you want to continue to learn because that's what your life is. You are That's what you're used to. Mm. And then they said the last one is people who are wealthy. People who are more well-to-do, middle to upper class, or more likely to fall victims of cults for several reasons. One, you can actually afford it, right? Cults aren't cheap <laughs> money yeah. what people forget is yes. heaven's gate people lived in a fucking mansion yeah big heaven's ass gate mansion lived in a mansion yep. right uh, next one is uh the wild wild country those particular group right mm-hmm. they built a fucking city they were made of doctors and lawyers and architects yeah. these were not unwealthy people they built an entire city yeah and they were well educated so like when you look at all of these things I'm sorry. I got to tell you, my brother's coming into town at midnight. And like, I was like, there's no way you're here. I just gotta, but if you look at Surprise, all these factors, right? It, it's a breeding ground for people who are more likely to fall victims of cults. Right. And so you have these people who have never been taken advantage of in their life. They go through life, well-educated, got a lot of money. They're on top of the world. And all of a sudden something happens in their life, whatever that is. And then here comes along someone right at the right moment to take advantage of that mm-hmm. and give them the thing that they need, the thing that they need to know or hear right now. Then all of a sudden you're like, fuck, man, nobody cares. But Guru Steve, <laughs> he's got it together. And then all of a sudden you you fall into this cult because there's a family there. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you become groomed. It takes a while, but eventually you become groomed. Uh, an example of that would be like a Waco, Texas, mm-hmm. where uh, I do believe was a David Koresh yeah. was in Waco. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But Koresh was convincing all of these people to allow him to sleep with their wives because he was the only one who could bear the burden of sin. He was going to take the sin like Jesus I'll on the cross. I'll take one for the team, um, guys. Like, you know what? I, it's a sin for you to sleep with your wife, but I will. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of loads to blow, bud. I got a lot of loads to blow. <laughs> so, but like, you know, we, we think about these people as being stupid or naive. And what really becomes is these people once were educated, you know, educated, well-to-do like people, mm-hmm. they, they found something that they could believe. They started believing that thing. And the person who was helping them with that belief structure now takes advantage of that. And then over a long period of time, grooms them into this behavior where, hey, these are your friends now. Yeah. And then they isolate you. This is your family. They isolate you. This is your belief structure. Isolate you from other belief structures. And next thing you know, they they don't know that they're involved in this because it didn't just happen overnight. Now, 
obviously, if we're not in their same situation, we're not in their shoes. Right. We look at this from a, a wider perspective, and we can clearly spot that. But even so, like, by the way, I love Diego Sanchez. I think he's one of the nicest oh, human boy. beings on the planet. I was so you know just going to bring that up. I was just going to bring that up. even somebody like Diego Sanchez, you know, he, like, you know, we're talking about, like, OG UFC. Everybody mm-hmm. loves this dude. He's quirky. He's got, like, his, his shit. But at the same time, like, you can respect him because he's a warrior. And, like, he has, you know, so everybody, Diego Sanchez has this great fan base. And then all of a sudden, life just happened to him. Yeah. And I can't sit here and say I know everything that was going on in his life, but some of it's publicized, and I'm not yeah. going to get into his personal shit, but he had life happen to him. And then all of a sudden, here comes this guru. Here comes Joshua Fabian. and Joshua Fabia has the answer for him. I'm your friend. I'm the one who mm-hmm. cares. I'm here for you. Everybody else is against you. And it, that's publicized as well. You can see him literally doing that on so many countless interviews, so many things that have gone out online. Where us on the outside could look at that and go, that's a fucking cult leader. Yeah. I could see that shit a mile away. This little fucking troll. By the way, I'd fight Joshua Fabian Hartby. Oh, if anybody absolutely. ever set up that fight, I would fuck his shit absolutely. up. But anyway, on site. Um, you're not in the same weight class. I'm, I'm not an Oompa Loompa weight class. You know, I don't make fucking cookies and trees. You know, I'm not a cobbler. Um, so, but anyway, Joshua Fabian comes along and he's this fucking skid mark of a human being. And then all of a sudden, Diego Sanchez just. That was the time in his life that he needed that person, and that person knew exactly what to say and how to say it and how to weed him out. Yep. And then what does he do? After they split, the day after they fucking split, the first thing he does is he goes on a fucking radio show. Fabia goes on a radio show and talks nothing but shit about Diego for an hour yeah. straight. And it's like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, such a piece of shit human being for doing that to somebody who you took advantage of. Mm-hmm. You rode those coattails. And, again, like, anybody can fall victim of a cult. The thing is, is that we just have to remember it's not necessarily at this moment. And it's not necessarily just in your, like, a person. You could There could be a cult of anything. You could have a cult of personality for sure, but there's cults in politics. Mm-hmm. There are people who would literally, if you said something that you did, they disagreed with you politically, they would ostracize you and kick you out of their life. Oh, yeah. Because you disagreed on one thing. Like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong? That's a cult. Yeah. Like, yeah, they we've, don't we've seen, yeah, we've seen it over the past year. Just, I mean... When you when you talk about the whole vax unvax thing, people come unfucking hinge, you know. Um, but the the whole Diego Sanchez thing was so crazy to see because we watched him from the Ultimate Fighter all the way up until this moment. I was a huge Diego Sanchez. I still am. I I, I really like the guy. Um, but to watch him go through that was so weird because, like you said, we're watching it from this different perspective, and it's like, how could he let something like that happen? You know, um, but when you get into what happened in his personal life, it is easy to see how somebody could come in and, and at the right moment in time. And I was, I was really happy that there was so many martial artists who still deeply respected Diego Sanchez come to him and tell him like, Hey, this, you need to change this. He's the problem. Once you get sure. rid of him, we can get you back to where you used to be. And, um, you know, I know Dana White and, and everybody at the UFC, because let's face it, the UFC owes a lot to Diego Sanchez. Same as Stefan Bonner, same as Forrest Griffin. If Stefan Bonner, by the way, is another person who fell victim of the school of self-awareness. Yeah. Stefan Bonner is actually a part of that school, to my knowledge. Oh, so wow. I think he's still he's under Joshua Fabia. But he was one of the guys who was actually holding the camera during a lot of those, like, UFC interviews. Get I think he, out. Yeah, I didn't Stephen know Bonner, that. Like, 
Yeah, it's a shame. But like, again, if you were to talk to any of them while they're in the cult, mm-hmm. it's up to them to leave. Yeah. Like, it, again, from the outside, it's so easy for us to judge. And like, that's why I never did a video about Joshua Fabia mm-hmm. until like I saw him hanging Diego Sanchez upside down and punching and kicking him in the head. Yeah. Like the moment I saw that, I was like, no, gloves off. I'm fucking your shit up. And I just went video after video. And luckily, like during that time, I posted one video about it. um, And then I posted a second one. I found out that they were no longer um, going to be working together. Yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden, like it was like it was roasting season for Fabia. Yeah. Then he just disappeared. Like I just never heard anything from him again. Like, like, all right, well, fuck it. Like, yeah. if his, his his ugly little midget head decides to pop back out from whatever gopher hole he's under, <laughs> I'll roast his ass again. Yeah, like you know. Well, and and I want to I want to speak on what you what you're just talking about too because I think it's really important because I think we, we I mean we talked about it on the show we've covered a lot of cults to date. Uh, we're coming up on our 100th episode for the show, and 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 what's troubling is with cults because it's presented to us in society as a documentary here's a three-part documentary mm-hmm. about this cult here's a here's a an hour and a half long movie about you know jeffrey dahmer or whatever or or the son of sam or some of these serial killers but then the ones that had followings um you know like uh charles manson, manson. It, yeah this this didn't happen in six months yeah you know what i mean this was years of yeah. training and growth and and manipulation and grooming and finding these and grooming and finding these people's that that had were you know like you said life happened to them so it's hard for us watching a three part documentary being like how the fuck did they do that in <laughs> seventy two hours it just doesn't make any sense to me you know what I mean but yeah. not understanding that that's not how it goes that doesn't work that way I mean even if you look at the Church of Scientology when uh, I, my wife and I watched that I think it was like a ten part series that Leah Ramini did yeah when she left oh, the church. I really like the deep. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. I forget it, the name of the documentary, in, but it's, it's good. And what's important about that is, you know, you're talking about cults have money. Like the, the people that got out of the church and they're like, you found a way to make sure that you paid them. Like, mm-hmm. even if you didn't have shit in your house or whatever, you found a way to stick with the people that were accepting you at that time, which mm-hmm. is, which is crazy to me, but you're so right that, this takes a long time for this process and it has to happen to the right person at the right time in the right environment. And these master manipulators, if you want to call them that, they know what button to push, what, 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 you know, what switch to flip. So, I mean, well said, it's, it's such a wild concept. What you just mentioned is important. And like one of the, probably the more famous ones is like Jim Jones, Mm -hmm. uh, the Jim Jones colony, super famous cult. The standard of cults, usually when people talk about cults, they talk about drinking the Mm -hmm. Kool-Aid. And so, but if you really pay attention to the way Jim Jones started, he started trying to be a cult leader as a child. Yeah, real young. Jim Jones looked up to Adolf Hitler as a child. There's probably strikes one and two right there at least. (laughs) A couple red flags for sure, for sure. You know, like, all right, you you read Mein Kampf like 18 times (laughs) by the time you were eight. That's fucking weird, but all right. But like he would go out into the woods and at the time when he was younger, what he would do to like pass his time, not like everyone else, is he would go to different churches, mm-hmm. not just one church. He would go to multiple different religions just to listen specifically to how the preachers were preaching. He wasn't just like going for the, the religious con- content that he didn't give a fuck about that. What he really cared about was listening to how these people of power were able to 
to teach people and have them follow and what they were saying and how they were saying it. So he was a student. In, yeah. uh, in comedy, they call it taking class, where you sit down in the front row and you listen to the comedian and you pay attention to how they're saying it yep. and shit like mm -hmm. that. He was taking class. He would go and really focus on that. Then he'd go out into the woods and he would practice teaching sermons to animals. So he'd go out there and he would just say sermons in the middle of nowhere by himself in the woods and practice. Yep. Right? Which there's a famous martial artist, Miyamoto Musashi, who learned how to swing swords in the fucking woods. So, I mean, it's not an uncommon technique. So then he winds up going and he winds up starting to run his church. And at first, his church was great. Mm -hmm. Like, to be honest. Yeah, like, it was a really legit. Yeah. It was legit. Like, he, he was a pioneer back then in that particular area for um, African-American rights. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was really going after trying to make sure that local diners, he would take his congregation there, which was at the time primarily African-American. Yep. He would take them to these local diners. And when they would deny them the right to sit down and eat, he would just hit them with the facts. He's like, look, man, I run a congregation. He goes, I got 50 people here who want to pay you money. And if you don't want to take that money because they're black, I'm going to take them across the street to your competitor, and they're going to bury you. And then all of a sudden, they'd be like, oh, well, let me get the table for you. And he would push <laughs> yeah, these yep, people right. to make sure the But then, of course, what happens, way leads to way, and then he winds up taking advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Getting on hardcore drugs, his wife at the time or his girlfriend at the time was known for um, kind of brushing that thought off to the side, but he was on cocaine every time he'd do a sermon after that. Yep. Then he moved forward and he started taking care, uh, advantage of people more and more and more. And then eventually he decides, you know what, we're, we're in, in trouble here a little bit, so let's just move to take the heat off of us. Yep. And he winds up moving the entire congregation, and then the rest is history. You know, But like that process started when he was a child, yeah. and then it took decades for him to work his way through and learn his craft of manipulation from people who were good leaders mm -hmm. and then move forward into basically creating his own cult, taking that cult. And then they were so devout. They left the fucking country. Yep. They left the country. Like they, like the, the fucking government winds up sending that poor fucking Senator and his crew down. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, nah, everybody's going to die. He winds up mowing them all down at the airport with, like, AKs and yeah. shit. And then anybody who didn't drink the Kool-Aid in the max mass exodus, he wind up sh uh, shooting them down, too. There yeah. were only, like, maybe a handful of survivors. I think it was, that think it was about seven, I want to say. Yeah, it was not many survived. No. One of which was a child who yep. watched her parents get mowed down. Yeah, she you just know? played like, dead. Yeah, she played dead in the fucking tall grass and shit. But when you when you look at shit like that, like it's very easy to understand like how powerful people's words can be. Mm -hmm. And martial mm -hmm. arts, by the way, is one of is if you really look at it, it's like here. Let me give you this example. So if you walk into a church, uh, like let's say a Catholic church mass, mm -hmm. and you walk into a martial arts school, it's almost identical. Yeah, like word for word, play by play. So, like, check this out. So, if I walk into a martial arts school, the very first thing I'm going to do is either I'm going to bow at the door mm -hmm. or I'm going to bow at the mat. And sometimes they require both and sometimes only one. But you will bow somewhere in there typically. Yeah. Not everyone. If you walk into a Catholic mass, the separation is still the same. Sometimes there's a bowl of holy water and you do the anointing thing and you can walk forward and then you take a knee at the pew and you do it again, or you just do the knee at the pew, and then you do it again. This is the same thing. Yeah. I could do that either at the door, bow at the door, bow at the mat, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then you go to the mat. Well, Catholic mass, you go to the pew. So this is my mat. So I sit down, and all of a sudden, one person goes up to the head of the class, 
and he's talking to everyone else who's taking the lesson. Well, that's the same thing as jujitsu. Mm -hmm. One guy goes up there. <laughs> he might have a partner, but he's teaching everybody else the same lesson. Right? Then we move mm -hmm. forward. Behind the instructor is usually a picture of the master, the one who came before, yeah. whoever that lineage may be under. Right? Well, what's behind the Catholic preacher? Oh, it's usually either stained glass, a statue, or a painting of Jesus Christ. Right. And what do we do? Well, this is who we're worshiping. Well, when you bow, what happens when you bow and on the mat? You bow to the well, picture. Bow to that picture. Yeah, this bow is the person we're paying. Right? <laughs> thank you is what we're saying, yeah. really. We're saying thank you for the opportunity to be here and thank you for your hard work. Which, again, very similar. Mm -hmm. Then sometimes yeah. during Catholic Mass, you have this moment where somebody's going to say, all right, guys, well, peace be with you and peace be with you. You're going to shake everybody's hands in your area, right? <laughs> well, what happens at the very end of a martial arts class? Everybody shakes everybody's hands, right? <laughs> The, there is there is a thin line between a martial arts school, a religion, and a cult. Mm -hmm. Thin line, and one can be the other. By the way, yeah, a, a cult can be a cult of religion, but a mm -hmm. uh, uh, martial art for some people feels like their religion. They talk about it like it is their religion. Yep. But the only difference that separates any of these, by the way, isn't really much. The only difference is what's the intent of the leader. That's it. That's the only thing that separates it. Yeah. So, like, if you're in a martial arts class, the intent of a good leader should be the betterment of you through this art, whatever the art may be. Mm -hmm. Let's make you better by this as being the conduit. And a religion, let's make you better through this religion. Whatever the religion is, we want to make you better through that conduit. Right. And a cult, on the other hand, it's not about what they can do for you. It's what they can do for them. And so what can I get from you? based off of this conduit of whatever it might be, religion, money, or politics, right? Mm -hmm. So all it takes for a martial art or a religion to become a cult is the intent of the leader. Once the intent of the leader becomes, I, it's all about the leader somehow, the leader's get, getting the best end of this deal, that's when you're in a cult. Yeah. So you can be in a martial arts cult, and all you got to do is pay attention to what the intent of the leader is. Is he trying to help me, or is he trying to help him? Mm. That's it. And if you go into a school and they fucking ignore you because they have three guys who are the best fighters on the planet, yeah. guess what? You're in a motherfucking cult. <laughs> like, they don't give a fuck about you. They're trying to go for the betterment of the school or the betterment of the leader yeah. by making the best fighters so that way the leader can take credit for that. That's for the betterment of his ego. Mm -hmm. You're in a cult. Congratulations. <laughs> Sucks ass. That was the fact. Right? And so – I mean, it, it was really fun to do this documentary and to really do these deep dives because you can kind of break things down in much more of a layman's term. You don't have to make things overcomplicated. Things are actually a lot simpler than we make them sometimes. Yeah. And so sometimes it's just hard to put that into words. So we did experiments. One of the experiments was if I personally could fool a group of people into learning bullshit. And so we brought in like 15 different people to this class. And I taught a two-hour seminar, and in that two-hour seminar, the first hour, I taught them nonsense on purpose. Absolute dog shit. I taught them three techniques that I literally just stole from three different movies. Anybody <laughs> could do this, right? And then after that, at the very end of that hour, I did like a pressure point knockout on our camera guy to see if <laughs> people would fall for it. And they all fell for it. They asked him if he was okay like 50 times. Damn. Like, like it was it was crazy to me because I was like, fuck, I just I mean I'm in the wrong business. I didn't get to go. <laughs> but then I told them after the cabin, um the reason they knew cameras were in the building was because we told them it was for promotional video for us to be able to do more seminars. Mm. Um so they weren't even worried about the cameras. They knew what it was for. But then I told them after the hour, I was like, look, I know a lot of you guys have to leave after the second hour. Some of you might have to leave early, and we'd really like your testimony. So 
after this first hour is over, go over to our camera crew and just give a quick testimony for us real fast. And then after we're done with our water break, we'll start the second hour. So everybody goes and I'm listening in and I'm going, fuck, there, like, there's got to be somebody who's going to like say, be like, probably not be rude, but probably like dumb it down. So that way it wasn't like they were like hamming it up. They all gave me like these raving reviews. <laughs> oh my God, I feel so much safer. I feel like I can protect myself now. And I'm like listening to this and I'm going, fuck, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> and so like after, hour, after that was done, they all sat back down. And I was like, all right, guys, if everybody can take a seat for me, um, what if I told you everything I just taught you this last hour was complete bullshit? <laughs> and they aud audibly gasped. Like, everybody was like, no. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, but, like, this was actually a social experiment. I'm going to teach you a real self-defense seminar the second hour. I really am. And, like, but they were so indoctrinated in just that hour that I was with them. Mm -hmm. They were arguing with me that the things that I taught them that I know were bullshit worked. That's how indoctrinated they were in just wow. an hour. Like, I was like, I did like a wrist lock, like a standing wrist lock in one of them, right? And mm -hmm. when you do it with a compliant partner, yes, it does hurt. Yeah. But when you actually apply it in self-defense, it never, never works. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. And so, like, I told this, the smallest lady there, I told her to come up to the class. I had the camera zoom in under my hands. Um, this might or might not make the uh, documentary, so we'll have to see, but... I white knuckled her hand on my wrist, like hard, as hard as I could. I was like, do you feel my hand grabbing your hand? She goes, yeah, you're grabbing me pretty hard. I go, are you, are you okay? She goes, yeah. I go, well, for the experiment, when I try to wrist lock you, just pull your hand away. What you would naturally do if you were get, you're hurt. Yeah. You're naturally gonna pull your hand. So I was like, just pull your hand away. And every time she was able to do it, with me white knuckling as hard as I could to try to wrist lock her, yeah. she always got out. And, like, I, and then she was like, oh, my God. I taught him a sweep that was made up completely made up sweep that does not work and they were like but that sweep works so good i was like all right well let's do this again i was like but this time just put your foot down when you're about to fall and so like we did it they everybody was able to stand and they were all just blown away and i had to convince <laughs> them on camera that the things i taught them were bullshit damn and so wow after that i was like blown away i was like fuck man like this is a lot easier than it should be wow. like i it was, in an hour you did that in an hour with strangers they were complete strangers, never met him a day in my life. They were indoctrinated into my teaching like that. And I, I some of that's probably because I was already a martial arts instructor the majority of my life. Right. So right. it wasn't like I wasn't coming to the table with a planned, structured curriculum. Um, but also, I think that had to do with a little bit more of like a cult of personality is people, when they go into a martial arts school, automatically give power over themselves mm -hmm. to the teacher. Like you automatically do, yeah. like you, you just do like, cause you're not going to be a dick. Right. So you walk up, I'm here to learn something specific. You're the guy who teaches it. I would like to learn it. So you know what? I'm going to give you that power over me to teach me something. And I'm going to respect what you have to say because you've done this longer. But then people put a lot more emphasis on things that the instructor really isn't qualified to do. They make the instructor their mentor, which their instructor might be a piece of shit just because he knows how to like hurt people. Yeah. doesn't mean he's a mentor. Like you can learn from him. You can learn how to kill people mm -hmm. with your hands. But if that's all he's good for, maybe not a good mentor. No, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And like, I and I I've known a couple of those guys who not necessarily teachers, but guys who are high level guys who might be in charge of maybe a class or two here and there if they need to be. And they're just complete assholes. They're they're bullies. Um, they they're learning a martial art in order to hurt other people, not to share, not to you know. It, it's 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 really hard to see that type of shit go down. Um, and it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. But we 
as a society for some reason, probably because of our pop culture, our regular culture, mm-hmm. history, we automatically give these people virtues they might not have. Yeah. You know, like uh, honor and integrity and respect and discipline. They might not have those things. Yeah. Like, but because they have that title, we give it to them. Like, you, some of the things we do with our martial arts instructors and we allow them to. I guess, have their input in, we would never ask the people in another, another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I go to my mechanic, I'm not going to be like, dude, man, I had a rough day. My girl, like you probably <laughs> might not do that with your fucking mechanic. That'd be weird. Right. You yeah. fix the fucking muffler. So I can go the fuck <laughs> home. Like, you're not going to do that to your tire guy. Right. Yeah. You're not going to do that. You might not do that to your barber. Yeah. unless y'all are like that close. Like you, the things that we understand those jobs as just being those jobs. But for some reason in martial arts, we think that a martial arts instructor's job is more than that. Mm-hmm. He's got to be your dietitian, So he's got to know about physical fitness because he knows how to hurt people. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> he might not know what the fuck he's talking about. He might just eat well all naturally and then just be in shape because he works out all the time. That yeah. doesn't mean that he give you advice and he's certified, right? He knows how to kill people with his hands. <laughs> Ask him that fucking question. You know, like, how do I choke someone? He can give you a million answers there because that's his fucking job. You wouldn't be like, I need you to give me this advice or I need, like, I want you to be my best friend or I want you to be somebody I can look up to. I want, uh, you know, they want martial arts instructors to be more than they are. Mm-hmm. They want him to be their psychologist. They want, and they they want, want him to Mr. Be... Miyagi. Exactly. But that's not reality. Yeah. Reality is this is a person with a very specific skill set and that's what you should respect them for. Mm-hmm. Everything else is on them. If they want to be respected as a person, they need to be a good person. Yeah. Like just because you can beat my ass doesn't mean you're a good person. Just because you have a black belt doesn't mean you're a good person. Absolutely. Just because you are in shape does not mean you're a dietitian. Just because you know how to hurt people does not mean you're a good instructor. That means you're good at the ability, but that doesn't mean you can portray or convey that to others and make them good. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think we put too much pressure and weight on being an instructor. Like we put it on this such a high pedestal. And it doesn't necessarily belong there. It belongs there with every other job. I'm paying you for a service. You give me that service. High five. We move on with our life. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, before we before before I forget, um, I want you to run down what's going on with fight sport for us. Big country. Are you familiar with what's happening with fight sport? I am not actually. Pedophilia, basically. Hmm. Um, so and, and there it, was an instructor at fight sport who. Actually, I, I do believe there were several victims, mm-hmm. but there was one specific victim right now who was actually suing uh, the figureheads at Fight Sport right now. I do believe Cyborg is a part of that lawsuit off yeah. the top of my head. Um, New York Times wrote an article about this because the, the gentleman who's actually spearheading it, and please forgive me that his name eludes me right now. I think his um, Motar2K or something like that on Instagram, Yeah, um, if I remember correctly, but me and him have been in communication for quite a while. Uh, Avery... Um, from uh, Jiu-Jitsu Times, a great writer of Mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu Times, also covered this quite a bit, Um, and they've been in close communication. And basically what's happened was there was an incident in which someone was molested. Um, After the molestation, uh, Cyborg years ago decided that he was going to remove this person from the facility, Um, did remove the person from the facility, but over a long period of time, slowly but surely allowed this person to be back in the facility. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not that person has trained or was not training doesn't fucking matter. They were still in the facility where the person was molested who had to continue to see this other human being who molested them. So flash forward, finally, (laughs) it starts to hit the news. People are starting to be made well more aware of this. 
victims are speaking out. Mm -hmm. It winds up getting attention of one particular person who helps a lot in the jiu-jitsu community. Finally, he put his fucking foot down. Good on him. Um, and he starts calling this shit out like it, like it should be. Mm -hmm. um, gets the attention of the internet. Cyborg winds up releasing a statement. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden the person who was supposed to, the person who did molest this person winds up jumping bail, bail. um, is, bail. Spoke, is supposed to be, supposed to be going to court on a very specific day is clearly in Brazil. Everyone knows this person's in Brazil, doesn't show up to court. Big fucking surprise there. Cause they're in Brazil. Mm -hmm. And then now of course is fleeing. Um, and I guess they get another opportunity to go to court again, to my knowledge. But as of right now, basically just skipped, skipped their court date. Yeah. And so that doesn't make you look good. No, Meanwhile, and, and, and I and I do believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I but I think they had already taken his passport, and he left anyhow. He did. Yeah, he's he, he fucked up. Yeah. Like, what was even worse is that person's brother also contacted me, but contacted a lot of other people mm -hmm. when we started calling the shit out, and was swearing up and down that that person would make their court date. Yeah, like, dude, I'm not stupid. Like. There are people in Brazil that know this man's in Brazil and is letting us know that this man's in Brazil. Yep. You really think that he's going to fly back just for the court date? <laughs> no, yeah. he's going to stay his ass in Brazil and run. Yeah. Like, because no one's going to ever fucking find his ass. But at the end of the day, what really the problem is, is that the figureheads were aware of this. Mm -hmm. The figureheads didn't really seem to give a fuck until it became a problem for them. Yep. When it's a problem for the victim, they didn't give a shit. But it became a problem for them. Now they're speaking out. Now they're talking about it. And, of course, you got some higher-ups, like some real big names right now who are caught in the middle of it. Yep. And how they're handling it is just fucking wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just wrong. Yeah. And I'm glad that the person who was a victim, one of the victims, decided to finally speak out and is going forward with the lawsuit. And I hope that that victim, I would not be rude and say that person's name out here. <laughs> But I hope that that victim decides to take them for every fucking thing they have. Yeah. Everything. Shut yeah. everything um, down. Um, and anybody, and to be honest, if you're a part of fight sports and you respect your instructor, then you have to be aware that that instructor is capable of being wrong. Mm -hmm. They are capable of fucking up. We don't just put people on pedestals for no reason. If you put someone up on a pedestal specifically because they just are who they are, then you're as much of a piece of shit as they are when they fuck up and you back them. Absolutely. And so right mm -hmm. now there are plenty of people in fight sports going, I'm staying, I'm going to keep the fight sports name, I'm going to represent them because that didn't happen in our gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah, motherfucker? Well, the leader of your organization allowed this behavior to happen, and you're happy and proud to represent that, then you are a piece of shit. Yeah. And guess what? You might be able to kick my ass. That will not make you any less of a piece of shit. That's right. Yeah, the, yep. the details of wow. what happened are, are absolutely fucking disgusting. Um, but like you said, some of the biggest figures in jiu-jitsu are involved in this. And um, Cyborg's statement was it was it was fucking piss poor in my opinion. Um, there's really no statement that can justify uh, protecting the the uh, the protecting the the guy that did this protecting the people that are protecting him, you know what I mean? Um, because it could have easily, if, if one of those guys had said, Hey, this shit, it needs to get taken care of. But then you have someone like cyborg, bring him back into the fold, especially where the victim is, is, is it's unacceptable. You know what I mean? And pay him and, and pay him, pay, pay and, and continuously pay him. Even when he wasn't there, he was still paying him. And he, you know, his excuse, which is again, part of the piss poor part, is he said that you know he he was trying to help his family. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm his, sorry, his wife but... and his and that's the part that blew my mind was this guy has ha, is married but also has kids and yes. and and so imagine if it was your daughter oh my imagine god imagine if that was your daughter and you know, but when you oh got it fucking pissed and you know what's really sad is that again is a drop in the bucket yeah because I see it all the time, mm-hmm. every week. Yep. And so, like, I, to see it on a bigger scale, obviously, is sad. But, you know, there was the Lloyd Irvin thing back in the day as well yeah. that was very publicized and people knew about what was going on there. Um, and then, you know, like, for some reason, people have short fucking memories. And there's Lloyd Irvin. You see him all the time still out there and about. Man. You know, and again, just because you're good mm-hmm. at martial arts doesn't make you a good person. Oh, yeah. Right? And so, like, I just – and you know what? Like, again, most of the people I speak about could probably kick my ass. Yeah. Probably can. But that doesn't mean that we still shouldn't yeah. let people know about, I don't know, rape and pedophilia. Like, Absolutely. what does that happen? You know how many people in jail could probably kick my ass? Because that's all they fucking do is <laughs> learn how to kill people in jail, like doing push-ups and shit and fist-fighting human beings. Yeah. Like, they could probably kick my ass, too. But you know what? They're still pieces of shit. Absolutely. Still pieces of shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you can't. I, martial yeah. arts is amazing to me when instructors try to justify their stance by always going to "I can kick your ass." Yeah, like fine. That doesn't work <laughs> on any stage. You don't get to the fucking debate stage of the presidency <laughs> and you go, "You know what, Romney, get your ass over here. I'm gonna fuck you up." And then the the fucking announcer's like, "You know what? I'm gonna let this ride." Ding, and then you just get down to it. The shit would never fucking happen. Yeah, for sure. That would I be totally way for- cool. I though. totally forgot about cool. the Lloyd Irving thing. Totally forgot about that. Like you said, people got short memories, but. I do know that every time I see his fucking face, it triggers that in me um, because this was – that was disturbing as fuck. Uh, I, you guys can go look into to what happened with Lloyd Irving. Keenan Cornelius was part of uh, his, his gym at the time, not necessarily part of what happened, what took place. But he had some big names under under him when all of this shit happened. Um, obviously, some of them made – That was one of the things that triggered the exodus. Yeah. Like to- – Cannon Cornelius got picked up in the middle of the night. Um, you know, he had texted, I do believe Tom Callos, if I do remember correctly, is his father, but he wind up getting picked up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. because he was just, he was done with it. Yeah. He just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And, you know, Cannon Cornelius has gone on to do really, really good things. Oh, yeah. You know, he's obviously he's good at jujitsu. You know, he, I, I don't think he competes any at, at this time anymore, but, you know, he went on, he started American Jiu Jitsu Academy, mm-hmm. I do believe. And, you know, he's working on developing his style and brand of jujitsu and, you know, away from that bullshit. Yeah. And so far, smart been move. pretty sweet. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. you know, yeah. So. yeah, smart move on his part, um, you know, because and that's the other thing, even with these big stars. I mean, I, I would say it's a little different with um, the fight sport issue, especially because of how close the uh, the perpetrator and cyborg are to each other in general. Um, but if you have a big star like Keenan Cornelius and his, his instructor is doing this shit, you know, but you, you just have a, a, a jujitsu relationship. You don't really know what's going on. The the type of well, dirty he also shit. Did the right thing by separating exactly. himself, which is what I think most people yeah. who are, what, how to put it, good human yeah. beings. Like when you start putting ju- the jujitsu mm-hmm. above being a good person exactly that's a, that's a problem yeah. you know like you see this this is happening you go you know what like the the guy who shot a student right when i said that there's probably people out there who are going i'd never stay with that guy after that happened but they plenty of people are staying yep. with cyborg and backing him even after this had happened and how poorly he treated it like get, don't get me wrong hindsight's 2020 and we all make mistakes right. all of us 
I'm a piece of shit just like everybody else. We <laughs> fuck up. I get it, yeah. right? I'm not. Hungry, yeah, players fuck right? up. Players fuck I'm up too. Fuck up. But if that happened, I would also understand if people wanted to separate themselves. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I would. And as a matter of fact, if I fucked up that bad, I would tell people to separate themselves from me. Yeah, like it, right. it'd just be like, yo, dude, like things are about to happen, and I think it's best if you just like unfollow and we don't talk anymore. Yeah, for the betterment of you, like because. I'll take the blunt of whatever it is that may have happened, mm-hmm. right? But like, I didn't rape any kids, so yeah, <laughs> I don't right. have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's right. Down to it, like, if you're aiding and abetting that person, that makes you a fucking exactly. Piece of shit. That's what you are. You've made that decision. That's the path you decided to mm-hmm. go down, right? You wanted to protect the pedophile and pay him, but on the same time, where, where, why would, why would you not give that money to the fucking victim? Exactly. You know, you're going to take care of this asshole, but you're not going to take care of the victim. Like, that victim's never going to be the same. No, no. Her life is done. Yeah, she was a child when this happened, you know what I mean? And and the, the fact that Cyborg protected him makes me wonder what kind of fucking skeletons he has in his closet. You know what I mean? Because if you're okay with protecting someone that would do that, then there's other things going on. Um, that's just my speculation. I'm not accusing him of anything. But it's just weird that you would throw your shield up for this guy, because as yeah, far as I'm concerned, weird. if you if if someone's going to do that shit to a kid in in your gym, that's it. It's a fucking wrap after that point. So yeah, for sure. There's there's there should have been no support given by him. He's one of the biggest stars in the game. Immediately, he should have cut him all ties instead of just saying go home with pay. You know what I mean? This guy has a family and shit. It's terrible for the, yeah, for but the family but that's all exactly that's on him no one exactly exactly care of his own family exactly and so if he decided that he wanted to do that my there's two things there's two quotes that i fucking love one's from my mom the other one is from johnny cash i don't know where he got it but it's a great probably from his right? mom <laughs> Not, yeah, probably. <laughs> one of the songs is uh you know what's done in the dark will be brought to the light mm-hmm. And that's a fact. Yep. So, like, if Cyborg did any of that shit, it's only a matter of time before people find out, I promise, yep. right? And the other one's from my mom, and is if you do the crime, you are, um, if you play, you must pay. Yeah. That is that's something right. my mom would tell me all the time. If you're going to play around, fuck around, then you're going to have to pay the consequences to whatever you yep. did. And so, yep. that's a fact. And I, like, this is my mom. I know if I fucked up and did some illegal shit, my mom would let my ass sit in jail. Yeah. If Hell she yeah. knew I did it. Right. Because my mom is like that, and I, I respect the fuck out of her for that. And I know that if I fucked up and I did something, and I deserved to be in there, I would not even ask her to get me in. Right? <laughs> I'd in my fucking jail cell, and I'd take my punishment, because goddammit, I fucked up, and I have to pay that price. Mm-hmm. That's no one else's burden, no matter what it is. I go drunk driving if that ever happens, right? And I wind up uh, crashing my car, and I go to jail because of that. Hopefully I don't kill anyone if that is the case. Yeah. Then I have to suffer the consequences. You know who I'm going to call with my one phone call? Call nobody. I'm going to sit my ass in jail and be like, this is where I am because I fucked up yeah. and I'm going to have to pay the price. And when people go looking mm-hmm. for me, they'll find out. They'll be like, oh, well, Rob got busted for drunk driving or something. Yeah. You know, and so when it comes down to it, he needs to pay the consequences just as much as the other guy. Absolutely. I believe that yeah. in my heart. You, you aided and abetted a pedophile. You put him on the fucking payroll afterwards. And then when all of a sudden the shit blows up in your face, you get this half-assed, Oh, well, you know, we took care of it and we're working on this now. Like, you're working on this now because there's so much heat yeah. on you. Yeah, you didn't work on like, it then. You didn't work on this it is then. Like yeah. Years, years and years. You didn't decide to put these fucking 
you know, the the courses in place mm-hmm. to help people from being pedophiles or whatever the fuck it is that yeah. he started doing. Yeah, now they want You're everybody to take a tech- fucking hour-long fucking touchy-feely course online you know what i mean yeah. that's no not good enough yeah you're a little late and you know what like at the end of the day sometimes people got to pay those prices for other people to understand that they need to watch the people who are in their schools yep. if you have, yeah. like if you're a martial arts instructor right now and you don't have background checks locally and federally in the united states on your employees you are asking to get fucked over yep. and you're asking for an incident if your employees aren't cpr certified and first aid certified you're asking for trouble if you don't have a defibrillator on site on your in your martial arts facility you are asking for trouble all of these things should be mandatory standard mm-hmm. in any martial arts school we all talk about technique what we should be talking about is safety we should be talking about making sure the people that go there don't wind up having to go to therapy for the next fucking 50 years of their life because of some crazy shit that happened to them Absolutely. Very well said. Man, what an awesome episode. Before we end the show tonight, um, just to to touch a little bit on what we were just discussing there, uh, it's it's a very big thing that's that's coming to light in sports right now. Something that completely blew my mind like three weeks ago, maybe even longer now, Um, because I'm a big hockey fan, right? Big hockey guy. I play hockey. I watch hockey. My son... He's eight months old, but sorry, bud, you're going to the NHL. That's you don't have a whole lot of life <laughs> options there. You're going to the NHL. Um, I had to say a at the end of every sentence. That's <laughs> it, dude. He's already working on it. Um, this scandal came out with the Chicago Blackhawks, where twelve years ago a player was molested mm. in part by um, the video coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, and. Um, that guy, now it took, it took 10 plus years for the victim to come out and speak about it. And, and I have maybe a theory on it. I think he might've been a closet homosexual and this guy took advantage of it. Mm. And it's probably a very hard thing to come out as a gay man in a sport like that. Like that'd be like a a gay guy coming out in rugby, you know what I mean? Or, Or football, something like that. It's, it's probably a difficult thing when it's a contact sport and, masculinity is such a high thing. Um, but the guy was taken advantage of, and it's a terrible situation. Um, but the guy that is accused already had a rap sheet for shit like this. He'd already molested some other players. He had he had something against them for pedophilia. And I'm like, what, what took place, you know, you probably won't know the whole story, the full story of what actually took place. Um, but basically the, the kid who had his career threatened um, that if he didn't do these certain things when he was at the video coach's house, like he'll never play in the NHL ever again. And, you know, there's there's that, that time and place that you're taking advantage of these people that have worked so hard to get to this spot, and now someone's trying to... Now, I don't know, maybe I can speak differently about it because, like, if I were to go to, like, a video, like a video coach's house and they're like, he's like, hey, you got to suck my dick, or I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to fuck you up. Now, that's a different thing. Because I have a different mindset, you know what I mean. But in the in those instances where this guy is taking advantage of somebody, but the organization knew about it, which That's is crazy. why um, the GM had to step down. The coach of the Blackhawks at the time didn't even coach there anymore. He was coaching in Florida for the Panthers, and this investigation popped back up. He met with the NHL commissioner like a month ago, whatever it was, like when it was popping off. He had to resign. As coaching of another team, because 
I guess he knew about it or he had heard about what was going on and they didn't want to take care of it then. And now they're kind of paying the piper now, but it's this crazy thing that's becoming so prominent in sports of all aspects. And maybe it's been going on for a long time, a lot longer. I think that a lot of us knew or, or couldn't even imagine was going on. And I think you're right, man. It's so important. Um, I mean, fuck dude. Ever since my son was born, I have this like heightened sense of alertness around me. And you would not like I checked the uh, what is it neighborhood watchdog or yeah. whatever it is, mm-hmm. sure. um, yeah. where you can check the. I checked that every time we moved into a new place. So, like since he's been born, I check. I was like, yeah, where's these red motherfucking dots? red dots? <laughs> yeah, how many red dots? And you know what's sad is there's a fuckload of red dots. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. There, for it's sure. like your your computer screen has chicken fucking pox. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. for sure, yeah. for sure. And but you can you can click on those dots and it'll usually kind of give you a rundown of what the crime is, right? Um, my father-in-law, he used to work for, for the state parole board and he would tell me about guys who had to register as sex offenders who were just simply pissing in public and the wrong cop shows up, you oh, your dick's out. Well, there's a school 200 feet over that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, and so unfortunately some of those dots probably aren't as suspect as some of the others. But I will tell you, especially having a daughter, any time a creepy old man tells me how pretty she is, it's fucking go time. <laughs> like, and I, and I know, and I honestly, I know that it's just like grandparents who maybe their grandchildren have grown up and they see, you know, a baby and, you know, everybody yeah, loves fucking babies. It's and it's still like, know? yeah. And, and I've told this story before on the show about, my daughter and I, we went to the grocery store and I had her in the cart. I picked her up, put her in the cart. This old man's walking out as soon as I put her in there. And he goes, what aisle did you get that one on? And I was immediately like, <laughs> fucking, oh, baby daddy's going to jail today, you know? <laughs> and because and, 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 she looked at me. See you and, in 20 years. Yeah, you know, she's she was, I think, three years old at the time, going on four. She looked at me like. Uh, and I looked oh, at yeah. the old man like fucking excuse me, and he kind of <laughs> just chuckled and walked off. And I was like, "That's fucking weird," you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you you definitely do got to check those dots. Um, but before we end the show, I do have one very very serious question, and it's the fight that never was. It was supposed to take place, um, and and it never happened. I wish it did because I would have definitely paid plenty of money for the pay per view. Um, Joe Rogan versus Wesley Snipes. Who, who, who would you, yeah. who would you have taken in that fight? Oh, that Rogan all day. Like, uh, I've, I've seen Snipes stuff like, and don't get me wrong. Like Snipes does train yeah. like and he's in good shape or he was at the time. Yeah. Like obviously, you know, fucking up your taxes and going to jail <laughs> for a while. And then that fucks up your shit. Yeah. But when it comes down to like, um, that particular fight, like that would have been easy because it all day is, Rogan. yeah. um, you know, you know, no offense against Snipes, but I just haven't seen anything past choreography right. from him. And I've seen Rogan like literally yoke up a YouTube troll who fucked with him one time. That's on out there. Oh, you yeah. can see that. That's pretty funny. Um, you know, I've seen him spinning back, kick a dude and knock him out in a tournament. Uh, that's also on YouTube. You can find. So like, I have actual like yeah. proof uh, of like, and he's a jujitsu black belt under Eddie Bravo. And I know that that wouldn't just be passed out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to earn those. So when it comes down to it, like, yeah, I think pretty sure Rogan was fucking yeah. snipes. I think he'd take him down. I think he'd choke his ass to sleep. I think it'd be a one round fight. Yeah. I, I, I mm. wanted so bad to see that. 
Um, and, and I did have, there was a little bit of delusion at the time. If you had asked me at the time when this was supposed to take place, because I was such a huge Wesley Snipes fan, I'd have been like, Don't, you're telling me the guy from news radio is going to beat blade. Get out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and, and dude, cause when you watch, like you said, the choreography, his forms, everything is fucking crisp. Like as, as far as I'm concerned, he is the Mount Rushmore of movie martial artists. You know what I mean? The, the OGs, uh, he's up there with, with, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, um, Steven Seagal could eat five dicks at one time. So I don't count him, <laughs> but, uh, you know, th that fight, I would have loved to see that so bad. Um, but yeah, Joe Rogan by a mile. Oh yeah. I, I would take Rogan all day. Rogan by you a know, mile. Like, you know, what's funny is like, uh, you know, that's another martial arts, like, molester like uh, fucking uh seagal is like on record for like molesting like two or three Dude. women in like auditions like private yeah. auditions and shit i'm pretty sure jenny mccarthy was one of yeah. them that he would like molested um and so like he's on record also for assaulting multiple actors on set because mm -hmm. his ego won't let him just be a regular fucking dude around people he's like stuck in this persona of the the guy yeah it's like, motherfucker, you ate the guy who was the guy. Like, yeah, watch, you know, watching him do like like a keto seminars and telling everybody how effective a keto is. And it literally, it's just, you know, it, it doesn't even look like dance. It's, it's I, I don't understand it, you know. Uh, not saying that a keto used functionally isn't effective, but the shit he's doing is clearly just fucking for the camera. That's what what happens when you have a bunch of yes men around yeah, you all the fucking time exactly you don't have anybody like with checks and balances you that's why you can't have a bunch of people who agree with you on everything mm -hmm. all around you all the time yeah you have to have something like nah you're wrong yeah. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong yeah you're wrong you know like, you know you, that you were fucking raping Jane McCarthy. <laughs> you know, yeah that was not the thing to do you know like he literally his ego is so big he has called himself a god insane he is called himself god on like fucking interviews yeah. like that uh, he he like was like he tell these stories that make no fucking sense while he's like at a chinese food restaurant <laughs> like fucking halfway through the story like dude I, I, yeah he's a sh he's a shitty I dude have a hard time because, like when it comes to somebody like that i gotta give him props for at least the fact that he was successful yeah you know he was a people know his name and they talk about him and he made the first like four movies he made were fucking of awesome course. like i Love Under Siege, you know. Yeah. I love the the first two that he did, where he was like the the first two movies he ever did. Um, Hard to Kill, yeah, I think, was kill. one of yeah. them, and then like there was another one right after that, which was just as badass. Um, and then you know, Under Siege comes out. He's a mega star after Under Siege, and then he did Fire Down Below, which is a little like not as known, but I actually really like that. Movie. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, and, you know, like. And then after that, his career takes a shit because he is a piece of shit. Yeah. So, like, executive decision, he was dead in, like, the first five minutes yeah. of that movie. Okay. Yeah, this was a guy who who was, like, when he would try and sexually assault these girls and they would fucking tell him, go go fuck off, he would cry with his dick out. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. and, and so you definitely could take the guy serious, <laughs> but um, I... I I'm still trying to figure out if Anderson At Silva. Louis C.K. finished. Goddamn <laughs> yeah, it! Right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I'm still trying to figure out if 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 Anderson Silva had him around just kind of as a joke, like as a novelty. Oh, you know what I mean? Because Seagal is a fun yeah. novelty. He's kind of like the Dale Brown guy, like the Detroit Dust guy. Now is like around yeah. people who take. He's, he's a fucking human Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, shit, man, Rob, this was such an awesome, awesome episode. I want to thank you again for your time. Um, where can people find you and support what you're doing? And do you do you have a, a an ETA on the dock yet? Yeah, so we finished filming the documentary uh, beginning of this year. So we we filmed January through March, even though we can only afford 28 days of filming. I just pulled the money out of my own pocket and the uh, production team. They pulled that money out of their pocket so we can film Hell more yeah. because we kept having shit fall in our lap. Like, if I wanted to, like, that could be an ongoing documentary that would never end. Right. Um, like a weekly show. Week. <laughs> yeah, you can see what the fuck's going on this week. Because um, <laughs> it just gets so fucking crazy. But anyway, <laughs> people can find me at uh, McDojo Life pretty much on anything. Um, I do believe on Facebook we're the McDojo um, because Facebook kicked us off at like 110,000 followers, something like that. They Classic. just gave us the boot. Thanks, Zuckerberg. Um, so thanks, Facebook. Uh, feel free to kiss my ass if you ever hear this. But don't take down my page. Kiss my ass, but don't take down the page. Um, you know, Instagram is our one of our bigger ones. We have like 200 and 400 and something thousand followers there. Um, what we're really trying to get people to do is watch our YouTube because those are like kind of the more important videos yeah. where we actually talk about these people in depth. Um, and we got about 60,000 followers there right now, and it's growing. We get a lot of support now from that taking off. Um, and so hopefully you guys will see the documentary this coming up year. We actually had a meeting with a very big production company that I can't talk about. Um, trust me, I want to bad. Um, but once we get the green light from them, most likely you'll see the movie this next year. Um, and right now the debate is whether or not it will be a docu-series uh, because we have enough film footage for that or if it will be a one-off documentary that will lead to us doing more of a series. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, dude. That's all. Hey, man. And and if you need any extras, you need to like like chee ball blast me. I'm, <laughs> I've taken plenty of chee balls in my life. Give you know? This one. So this is something that's interesting. So I just last week did a new McDojo breakdown about a guy who was from Indonesia who travels the world and does these like woo woo no touch knockout seminars and shit like that. So like I called him out because that's what I do. And then after that, he actually today, like right before I got on the show, he started sending messages on the message threads in the comment section of that YouTube video. Oh, shit. And so I, I invited him to come down and teach a seminar. And uh, so I have to follow up on that when we get out of here. Hell yeah. Um, trying to get him to come to Florida to teach a seminar. So if that happens, trust me, everyone will know because I'll invite literally anyone that wants to come to come. Oh, yeah. And uh, come teach a seminar. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, we got to get um... – the bearded black cowboy down there. Oh my god, man! Larry Stevenson yeah, and have him. If have you him haven't, uh, if you haven't checked him out, Larry Stevenson, the bearded black cowboy. He runs 3D uh, martial arts in Texas. We did a show with him, and he's like the fucking black John Wick, man. The the stories this guy had were was fucking amazing. <laughs> he uh, he teaches um, a lot of self defense. He teaches uh, Wing Chun. He he does jujitsu. Um, he does like anti-kidnapping classes where he'll literally fucking handcuff you and, and teach you how to, you know, control your emotions and all it, it the guys, he's fucking yeah. super cool. Super cool. I want to say he's like 15 plus years in, in the police force and he was a SWAT officer. Secret and service. He was part of. Or not secret service. When, uh, he did the Pope um, security detail. Yeah. When the Pope <laughs> came to the U.S., he was part of his security detail yeah really well, freaking cool dude to talk. Yeah, yeah yeah he had a cool Don't he had a really cool die. story to tell us about about uh about him doing detail for the pope and um yeah the, the guy he was just a yeah. really really cool dude to talk to um super cool guy black john wick for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really cool man 
So again, man, I want to thank you for your time. This was an awesome episode. True honor for us. So to much talk fun. Because we literally love everything that you do. We support what you do. And if you're listening to this episode and you don't know who Rob is, please go follow all of his content. Uh, I'm excited to watch the doc. Hell yeah. Um, like I said, man, you need an extra, you need a cheap ball blast taker <laughs> on, on there, dude. You know no touch. I, mean? I can't wait for people to see it. I really do think that it's going to open a lot of people's eyes for a lot of shit. And by the way, I, I told you guys just a last nugget about it, but I did tell you guys about me teaching a seminar where I tr- tried to fool people. We actually got one of these frauds to come teach us a seminar. Yes. So yeah. That's good. It's going to be in the documentary. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to Google death arts right now and see if I can find a class <laughs> and sign up. I'm going to be sending Rob like videos like, bro, check it out. It's my, my pocket. Like it's full of my phone. It's like recording. <laughs> 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 right on way cool man well we'll say bye to you after we finish the recording here um that is it for this episode of whiskey beer and conspiracy podcast i have been big country i'm boy and we'll talk to you guys uh, in the next I'm one rob. and he's rob he's rob bye <laughs> i want you to get up now I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. You ain't saying this whole. Donald Trump, Putin, and shit. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has been. By order of the hooligans, welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar.